This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. These DJs are superstars. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Gene Simmons, you guys, back in the news. Allie, you got to hate this dude, right? I have actually done a ton of live shots with Gene Simmons. You have? Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been more respectful, mm-hmm. couldn't wow. have been more kind, mm-hmm. couldn't have been more lovely. Right. Really? I understand that is not a lot of women's not typical. situation <laughs> with him. Right. I force you to that. sit on his lap? Nope. But from where I'm standing, he was, he was so lovely to me and would request that I was always the reporter when he had different things coming up. That, is that sounds so, creepy so, right there. But yeah. So, so nice to hear but No, he was, he was honestly one of my favorite people to interview. That so right. when I would hear new stories coming out, I was like, oh, am I yeah. ugly? <laughs> I mean, what? Why doesn't he like sound me. like the guy I know? <laughs> well, Gene Simmons, as you know, we've, uh, we've laughed about it many times over the years on this show, is the uh, ultimate businessman. There's yeah. almost no product you can think of that Kiss hasn't already figured out a way to make money off of. Everything from uh, alcohol to coffins. I mean, they, there's a kiss something. And Gene Simmons also is turning into quite a book factory. So we thought we'd find out what's going on with Gene Simmons, the legendary singer and bass player for the band Kiss, who joins us on K-Rock right now. Hey, Gene, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Bean. Good morning, Kevin. Allie. You are all very handsome and powerful. Well, thank you. Thank yes. you very much. So um, this book uh, that, that's uh, one of the uh, bestsellers on Amazon right now is On Power... My journey through the corridors of power and how you can get more power. That's a lot of uses of the word power right there in the title, Gene. It's a very important word. And besides Gene Simmons, it's the most important word in my vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And I think that all Americans, by nature, are concerned with self-reliance and power mm-hmm. and, of mm-hmm. course, being sound financially. That's right. really what our country is based on. That's what capitalism is all about. And Yeah, you talk a lot about rich people in the book, everybody from Oprah Winfrey to Elon Musk. You say, he who has the gold makes the rules. So that's primarily what this is, is a way for the readers to get good financial advice from somebody who's been there. I take off the rock star mask and I put on my financial advisor mask. Mm. And speaking of masks, Allie, I'd like to put one on you. Uh, um, a mask? Right on your face. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's, uh, you just close your eyes. It's a bit creamy. Okay. Uh, I, I am a, a financial just... advisor to the people in the rock and roll world. I have been for a long time. And now I'm just transferring it over into giving the everyday citizen the ability to understand Gene Simmons' outlook I see. on finance. You know, I, I just got off the phone with Johnny Zesnick from the Goo Goo Dolls, advising him on his portfolio. Speaking of goo, Ali. <laughs> wow. Why would you say that? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't understand. I was talking about the Goo Goo Dolls. Goo Goo Dolls, right. Okay. Of goo, and it was on the top of my head. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what kind of advice can you give our listeners who maybe aren't making a ton of money, but they want to put something away? way for the future so that they don't find out they're broke at the end of it all? Tremendous question. Tremendous question, Bean. The truth is, first, you have to take a look in the mirror and be a bit vain. We have this new humility that's going around. And take a second to to say, I am am important, I matter, and I deserve to be very, very rich. Like I said, it's important to, every once in a while, uh, 
be a little bit vain. Okay. Speaking of veins, right. Ali, uh, I have something very well veined right here. <laughs> that I'd like to I thought we were having a conversation about money. We were having a conversation about money and vanity, and therefore vain. And I, see. I have. You know, you I know see the I'm progression. Saying? Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Ali's not used to that, really though. The center of the book. That is the meat at the center of the book. Okay. okay. Vanity and self awareness. And speaking right. of meat, yeah. okay. <laughs> all right. You know what? Some meat Simmons... at the center of my body. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Could we, <laughs> we, we switch it. gears, maybe, and just because we already have a little bit of time left? I mentioned that you have a whole bunch of books. So that book is already out. But uh, later this year, you have a, a, a second volume coming out as well. That's, well, that's right. In August of this year, in a much different topic, a much more serious topic, I'm writing a book called 27, and it's about all the famous celebrities, a lot of times in the rock world, which I'm a part of, that mm-hmm. have died at, at the age 27. Well, that sounds sort of like a bummer book. It, it is a bit of a bummer, but it's a cautionary tale. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Gene Simmons doesn't touch alcohol or drugs, but I've watched so many of my of my comrades in the rock and roll world you know, perish to drugs and alcohol. And uh, oftentimes it's not just addiction. It's the the tremendous burden of carrying the load of a generation's culture at oh, the no. age of 27. <laughs> <Allie>. <laughs> okay. All right. Speaking of carrying okay. the load. Okay. All right. Thank okay. you. The Kevin and Bean Show. Sounds like diarrhea to me. K-Rock. We wanted to revisit this topic, Allie. Why don't you refresh our memory on the bet that was revealed between Tom Hardy and his friend Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah, they were in the movie The Revenant together, and Tom Hardy said, I'm not going to be up for a nomination for the Oscars. And Leonardo DiCaprio said, you're absolutely going to be nominated for your role. And he was like, no way. And he goes, tell you what, if you aren't, I'll get a tattoo of your choice. But if you do win, you have to get a tattoo of my choosing. To which Tom Hardy was like, done. Right. I'm not getting that Easy nom. for him because he didn't think. Right. So uh, he indeed was nominated for The Revenant. And he had to get a tattoo that Leonardo DiCaprio chose. Mm-hmm. And the Boy, uh, where do you start? I mean, uh, right. you can force someone else to get a tattoo. You could literally. That's, that's the most surprising thing about this whole bet. Look, look, look. I would never make a bet that required me to get a tattoo that I didn't want, but I certainly wouldn't make a bet that lets the other person choose what the tattoo is. Right. Well, Leo went full petty on this one. Love it. And he decided, well, I was right. I obviously knew. So you need to get Leo knows all. (laughs) And not in tiny writing. Like, it's pretty, pretty big writing. Leo knows all right there on his bicep. And nobody knew about this. Until a picture was snapped just this past weekend, and someone was like, why does it say Leo knows all on his arm? That's awesome. Amazing, <laughs> The fact right? that he followed through and got the tattoo? Oh, it's Tom Hardy. Right. He's going to. That's He's awesome. the best man in the world. What do you Sorry. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> what do you want to bet that, no pun intended, that there are people who have tattoo bets on the Super Bowl? Oh, sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Doesn't um, the lovely uh, Chris Long, who... Gave his whole paycheck away this season. He said, "If he if they win the Super Bowl, he's getting the coach's face tattooed on him." <laughs> Chris Long, really? Yes, he offered that. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the best too. Yes, but there's no Tom Hardy. Right. But. A tattoo was the payoff for the bet. I think there's going to be a lot of good stories out there. Mm-hmm. Why don't we start with our man uh, Daniel? He's in San Pedro, please. He is on line one, up first here on the Kevin Beach Show. Hey, Daniel. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. Uh, I have a friend who's a Ducks fan, and she bet that if the Kings won the Stanley Cup in 2012, she'd get a, a Stanley Cup championship tattoo of the Los Angeles Kings put on her. Well, nice. well done, Daniel. 
that would just feel awful if you're walking around with your your arch nemesis essentially tattooed on your body for the rest of your but life. But who saw that one coming and, in 2012? Right? None of I'm the biggest yeah. Kings fan you'll ever meet. I didn't see it coming <laughs> until the playoffs right. started, and then they didn't lose a game. They what? didn't. Thank you. Let's okay, get bye. out of line She's two. Let's fan. say hi to Adam in Costa Mesa up next on the Kevin and Bean Show. Hey guys, how are you? Good, thank you. You got a tattoo to pay off a bet? Yeah, I, I didn't get one. One of my friends, um, they were, were on a road, road trip. And have you guys ever heard of the game, What Are the Odds? Mm-hmm. I don't think what so, the, no. What are the odds is you say, hey, what are the odds? You get a tattoo on the way home, and you pick a number, anything you want. He chose between 100. You count down, and it, everybody names off a number. Um, if you land on the same number, uh, like 98, for example, you have to get uh, the tattoo. And so... He, they did one. What are the odds? Through one in a hundred, they landed on the same number. Pulled off the side of the road in Fresno on the way home. He got his uh, best friend's initials tattooed on his butt. And it was his first tattoo ever. <laughs> I like the way you and your friends roll. Yeah, it's, it's a fun thing. You can do it for whatever to challenge people. Sure. Okay. All right. That's a good tip. Let's go to Redlands. Make it Scott. Hey, uh, definitely the loser. I had to get a tattoo of a little smiley face drinking a boba drink, and it says mm, boba. <laughs> what was the bet? What was the bet? You know what? It's been it's been a solid ten years ago. I can't really remember what the bet was about anymore, but I have the memory of it on my ankle forever. But boba's delicious. It is. I, I it's not really a regretful tattoo. I don't mind. I'm glad that you're happy with it. Thank you very much. So we're talking about tattoos as the payoff for a bet. I think it's hysterical that somebody is so confident in a bet that they're willing to get ink on their body that they don't even want if they lose, and that's what happens. You were the winner or the loser in your bet? Well, I kind of lost, but I didn't get that tattoo. Um, we were in Burbank at a killer show, and Bean signed my friend Kelly True's shoulder. He signed Bean and a happy face, mm-hmm. and she just she loved Bean. And so I said, I bet you 100 bucks you won't get that tattooed. And so... She went the next day, got a tattoo, sent me a picture of it on her shoulder, and it was super sloppy ass tattoo. And I owed You didn't bucks. say get a good tattoo, you just said tattoo. <laughs> Wait, so it's Bean's autograph? Yes, with a happy face, and it was super sloppy ass writing. <laughs> I feel like we need to see a picture I, of this. Why have I never heard about this if somebody got. Was this the uh, Killer's Karaoke was, event that we did in Burbank? Yes, it was Kelly True who did it, and you guys seen her tattoo. You talked to her on the radio, but she didn't tell you that it was a bet, and I had to pay her a hundred bucks after she did it. Well, I mean, Kevin, you do you have any memory of this at all? I do not know. I don't either. Will you have Kelly send us a photo of that, please? I'd like to see that again and tell her I'm sorry and I apologize, and I'll never write on her skin again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to line two, Glendale. Say hi to Daniel. Hey, Daniel. I was a loser. I have the tattoo. I was a big pathological liar when I was in college. Okay. And uh, one of my friends was trying to kick me of that habit, and he said, okay, if I catch you in five lies this week, uh, you get the tattoo that I choose for you. And he, sure enough, he caught me because I lied about everything, no matter how big or small. And uh, he uh, had the word truth tattooed on my shoulder in Latin. <laughs> okay. Right. Does anyone believe Daniel? I feel like I do because I feel like Daniel's grown as a person. He's able to admit that he used to be a pathological liar. Or is he lying now? Good point. 
<laughs> well, the thing is, uh, it actually ended up kicking me of my habit because it's just on the shoulder where I can just barely see it out the corner of my eye. So it's this constant reminder of, hey, you lying piece of crap. You okay. uh, should tell the truth once in a while. Okay. And, but I actually ended up lying about the tattoo story and told everyone it was a birthday present to myself anyway. So Yeah, you've got to tell people you're just a Paul Pierce fan. Something, right? <laughs> yeah, Thanks for the call. I didn't even think of that when I got that tattoo. I should tell people that. Yeah, you're welcome, Daniel. <laughs> Thanks for the call. I would be so nervous about Latin tattoos and also the Chinese character tattoos because totally. so often you see those stories of people put something on their body that they think means one thing and it turns out to mean something else. Yeah. Because they don't uh, do it just right. All right, let's try, hey, let's try Eddie, Los Angeles, line four. Eddie, tattoo as a payoff for a bet. You got one. Yes, sir. Um, I got, well, I had heard at some point that 15% of men have a lower right testicle, and I fall in that 15%. Okay. So I had to get the number 15 inside a pair of cherries, and the cherries are hanging out of my shorts, so it looks like a scrotum. Eddie? Right at that hemline. Yes. What's happening with <laughs> this story? Okay, hold on, wait. <laughs> What was the bet? The bet was? The bet was, it was just about the NBA Finals. I think it was like 2013. He doesn't even remember that part. He's just know. like, I got low tests. I don't know what that was, but I sure have a low ball. Uh, Eddie, yep. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something wrong here, but can you send a pic? Of the balls or of my tattoo? I mean, Listen, both. both. Whatever. Your choice. <laughs> Dealer's choice. Can do. Okay. okay. Are you happy about the tattoo? It sounds like you're, you're kinda, you kind of dig it. Um... So the other guys that lost the bet had to pierce their belly button or nipple and keep it for a year. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with my tattoo. Okay. They got infected nipples and stuff, but I'm All good. Right. They got Fair infected enough. nipples. That's not what you want, I'll tell you that. expecting the words infected nipples <laughs> on today's show. Nope. All right, thank you. One more, Saul Hawthorne, line three. What's up, guys? I have a Viking tattoo on my ass that I lost from a bet. Okay. Uh, it's the logo. <laughs> the Vikings? It was... Yeah, Vikings. Uh-huh. It, was a super bet. It, it, it was a Madden bet. It wasn't even an actual football game. I'm horrible at the game. I don't know why I did it. But... Wait, so you were playing Madden <laughs> football? You were playing a video game. You are playing Madden, and you're terrible <laughs> at it, and you made a bet about it. Yeah, I, I, I won the first game. I was like, I got this. My friend was going easy on me, and then... Next thing you know, he turns it on me. It's like 42-7, and I'm like, holy shit, you're getting the Vikings tattoo. Wow. Where is it? It's on my butt. Yeah, yeah it is, Saul. <laughs> Send Ali a picture. (laughs) The Kevin and Bean Show. It's a total disaster. On K-Rock. We love Bill Burr. He's a fantastic comedian. Mm -hmm. Friend of the show. I would say one of the best in the world ever. Agreed. How did you come across his uh, driving etiquette tips on YouTube? Someone sent it to me because they've heard me talk about Boston drivers before. They might be some of the worst in the world. Mm-hmm. And by worst, I was raised by them and taught to drive by them. Okay, so worst. I think they're the best. We, just, we know how to drive better than anyone. Is that right? No one else outside of Boston sees it that way. So when I see, I see Bill Burr... A Bostonian giving driving etiquette? I am clicking that. This kills me because he starts off by talking about wanting to go to a restaurant. Then uh-huh. he screams at somebody, and then he 100% reverses his decision and says they're fine. It, within I will tell you what that six is. Six seconds. What? Uh, that is a Boston driver who has lived in L.A. for a little bit. Okay. He went straight Boston, and then he's like, but oh, you know what? Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Is Ribs USA still out here? That little rib joint? It's not right there. Get the f- out there. That guy did nothing wrong. I had already turned yellow. You know. <laughs> that guy did nothing wrong. I already turned yellow. But, you know. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> Look, I get angry at people who don't get the F out there, too. Yeah. You should try to get two cars in. Three, if possible. Three.
if possible. Yeah. Um, so then he is immediately taken by a woman who's walking across the crosswalk right in front of him. There's a person texting while they walk across the street. Should we legally be able to drive by, open your door and hit him? I think. <laughs> I'm not positive that's the best advice either. <laughs> um, and then he talks about almost getting into a fight with a guy in a crosswalk. Actually got no fight with this guy. He's walking across the crosswalk and the arrow was green and this person didn't go. And I was like, what the f***? And then they finally went and I tried to make the light. And by then people were in the uh, the crosswalk thing. He's like, yo, bro, it says walk. And I was like, the light's green. I could tell he was going to do something to my truck. And uh, at the last second, before he walked away, he, he slapped my mirror or something like that. And then I said all this Steven Seagal at him as he walked away, as if I could beat the out of him with my up ribs, messed up shoulder, and my lack of quick twitch muscle fiber. But you know, when you're in your car, you feel safe. Right. I'm not positive these are all good tips from Bill. <laughs> not one yet. Not yet. Um, now he's starting to just go stream of conscious. Whatever he thinks, he just says out loud. In and out burger. There's always a line. Right. Agreed. True story. But that was the beginning and the middle of the end of that story. Um, now he goes back to the pedestrian that slapped his mirror off. Okay. I think when you get a pedestrian mad enough to slap the mirror off the side of your car, I mean, that's usually a good indication that, uh, you know, you're probably not interacting with your fellow man the way you should be. <laughs> so he's kind of putting that on himself. Okay. All right. That's not bad. Yeah. Um, now, again, he's just taken by one thing. And he comments on that, and then he's immediately distracted by something else. Look at that beautiful woman coming out of Domino's Pizza. Gorgeous. Look at that dog right there. <laughs> now, he wasn't talking about another woman by contrast. He was no, talking about a hot woman dog. and a dog sticking his head out the window. Does uh, his flightiness remind you of anyone? I mean, it's how I think, if that's what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I meant me. Oh, really? So I love that. Yes. Yeah, totally you is who I meant. It's insane. Okay. <laughs> I wish I'd have known you were talking about you. I would have given it to you. So now... Um, what? So, <laughs> Awkward. So now he's talking about, look at that dog. And he goes on a rant about the dog with his head out the window. Look at that dog right there. Not a care in the world. You think he gives a shit about global warming? doesn't somebody could write a great coffee table book about that about how to get into the mentality of a dog with its head out the window and there'd be enough morons out there that would buy it and literally start driving down the street like ace ventura (laughs) (laughs) so then bill burr giving etiquette tips on driving um there's a woman who is uh, bill burr's in the left turn lane there's a Mm -hmm. woman going in front of him that's mm-hmm. turning left incredibly slowly, making uh, everyone in the intersection stop because she won't continue her turn. Good Lord. And it's driving him nuts, but he answers it this way. Hey, like this lady there. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. God bless you and your hat. God bless you and your hat. And your hat and your dog. That's not safe. That's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I haven't really heard any etiquette tips. No. <laughs> he sees a hipster in jeans. Now the hipster guy with his tight jeans, he's never having kids. That's why these millennials are never, you know, they're not having kids the way other generations have. It's not like they're not trying. I mean, everybody's out there banging. It's just when your jeans are that tight, it's just, you know, it's killing an entire generation. (laughs) He sees a ramen place. Dude, there's like a ramen place every five feet. I don't understand what people are so excited about ramen noodles for. Even if they taste good, you want to sit around another 20 people making that noise? (laughs) Hannibal Lecter fava beans noise the entire time. You got to get ramen noodles to go. That's a to-go item. All right. Okay. Um, Then he sees a car with a bumper hanging off. (laughs) And this really annoys him. No matter how broke I was, I never drove a car like that. 
at some point. You just got to take out the credit card and get the back bumper fixed. You don't accept it. The second you reattach the license plate, you just accepted. You, that's like you put on some pounds, and rather than eating a salad, you buy the next size up pants, right? You just accepted the fact that you're slowly going to become a fat. <laughs> you know, these people with their bumpers. I've just had it. <laughs> and finally, he finds the restaurant he started out looking for. There it is, Ribs USA. I should probably shut the car off. Global warming and all. I'm not positive he's the guy we want etiquette tips from. He's the exact guy we want (laughs) etiquette tips from. Why did we agree to do this? Why did we agree to do anything? I hate us. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. I hate us. All right, you guys, it's time to meet Amanda Teague. She is from Downpatrick, Northern Ireland. She is tired of physical world men, Kevin. And has found love in the ghost of an 18th century Haitian pirate. She is now legally married to him. Now... You haven't heard from her yet. I got some tape standing by. I know I love her. Is she automatically crazy? Or is it possible she's onto something here? Um clearly automatic crazy. But you think crazy. Really? Let's okay. hear her. But out. I love crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good with well, crazy. Why don't we why don't we start with the very first clip of, to get to the the only thing you're interested in, which is how exactly does sexy time work when you're married to a ghost? Obviously, certain positions work better for, for spiritual effects than others. It's easier to feel energy, for example, in the missionary position than it would be um, if you were on top. It would be more difficult. I wish the interviewer had followed up why, with some yes, questions I, as to why. I have many is. questions about that. Like, how can that even be? How can one position be more difficult than another when you're, I'm sorry, Amanda, in bed by yourself? Well, if you're on by top yourself. with the ghost, then you're just, you're squishing him. Because he can't withstand your weight, right? You'd just be going right through him. Okay. You'd rather... She's, she's, she seems to be... Oh, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you speak Amanda. That concerns me a great 100%. deal. 100%. Um, one of the things I love about uh, this interview, by the way, and I don't know who uh, who did it, is the sexy music that they play yes. before yeah. and during all the clips. It's like the weirdest thing that's happening. But let's meet Amanda and her husband, Jack, shall we? My name is Amanda Sparrow Large Teague. I'm a witch, I'm a spiritual teacher, and I'm well known for marrying the ghost of a 300-year-old pirate. Okay, Amanda is a witch, by the way, Uh a spiritual teacher. What she doesn't mention in the clip that I found in my deep research dive is that she also works as a Jack Sparrow impersonator. I was wondering where the sparrow came from. A Jack oh, Sparrow no. impersonator. So oh. what are the chances that her ghost lover would be a 300-year-old pirate? How about that? She's oh. a Jack Sparrow impersonator. <laughs> Let's hear some more from Amanda. Well, how we first met was I was in my room and I felt this energy around me. It was unfamiliar to me. It was not one of the energies that I was used to working with. So at that point, I said, clearly, this energy, this entity wants to connect with me, has something that it wants to say. So I decided that I would communicate. More slow jams. (laughs) First thing he said to me is, I'm dead, you know. And I was, yes, I I, I do, I get that. (laughs) I like that he opens with, I'm dead, you know. That's not a good opening line. If you're a ghost, though, it's nice to get that out of right, the way but first. But if you're trying to it... score, I mean, do you lead with I'm dead? I don't I think love, so. I love that Amanda is uh, is in no way discouraged by the fact that the spirit is reaching out to her and is dead. Is still oh, She's open-minded enough to hear what Jack has to say. So I asked him, obviously, who he was and, and, and what his purpose was. He told me that his name was Jack Teague and that he was pirate. 
spend quite a lot of time connecting and I got to know him quite well. I discovered myself that I had romantic feelings towards him and obviously he felt the same way. So it was sure. shortly after Christmas in 2016 when he first put it to me that it was possible for us to have a relationship. So apparently it sounds like Jack is the one who convinced her, hey, I know, you know, we're living in different planes here, but it's still okay we can be together. It sounds like he kind of talked her into it. Or talked she, her into it and then she agreed to She it. was a willing participant, yeah. yeah. It sounds like, uh, Ali, uh, not that you would know anything about sad, lonely women, mm-hmm. but um, this is a step, a step too far is to become married to the dead, right, I think? Uh, listen, ghost sex is apparently real. Is it? And I... Am more than willing to try it out okay. for the show. Okay. If uh, if another entity wants to come and we can do a little, you know, ghost okay. boning. Right. But people truly believe that they have had sex with ghosts. More than just this woman. Oh yes. Yeah. It, it sex is a thing. Ghost. Yeah. And it's Amanda real. has Amanda has rules. By the way, she does t- talk in the interview later that, um, for instance, when you're having ghost sex, you're not allowed to. It has to. It cannot be masturbation. You're not allowed to touch yourself during ghost sex. It has to be exactly as if it were another person. So she's, uh, she's strangely the, unfulfilling for her. She's a, she claims it. Uh, how should I say it works? There is. Is that there, right? She does. She claims mm. there is a conclusion. She also claims, by the way, and this is a term I was uh, unfamiliar with, that she is demisexual. Do you guys know what demisexual she is? She only has sex with Demi, Demi Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's find out. I wow. suppose my friends, most of them that had had spiritual sex, it would have been very casual and very random. It would have been with different spirits. But that's not the type of person I am. I'm also demisexual. Demisexual are people who can only enjoy sex with people they are emotionally committed to. Oh. So no random sex. I see. By by the way, uh, Amanda, who is not an unattractive older woman, has been married five times previously with six children. From her five marriages. Wow, she's so tired she's, of men. She's no stranger to love. So maybe that's maybe that's where some of this is coming from. Is she, she after five divorces? Yep. Yeah, she's thinking I got it. There must be something better out there. So for me, having that strong connection and that attachment was very important before embarking on any kind of a sexual relationship. So I had talked to Jack about that, and then he was like, "Well, you know, we can get married." Actually, it wasn't as difficult as as I thought. There is a registrar. There has to be verbal consent on both parts. It wouldn't be acceptable for me to give consent on behalf of Jack because then it's really like me answering for for him. We had to go and try and source a medium who could connect with Jack. This is my wedding ring and his is the same. We We got matching wedding rings. We had a candle representing him and I put the ring on the candle. So that's how we managed that one. So they got married on a, a pirate ship in international waters because apparently there are a number of countries in the world that recognize ghost marriages as legal. What? Stop it. And she, yes, and she speaks to her husband through a medium. One more clip, by the way, and this is what I call her drop the mic moment where she has a comment for all the haters who just think she's crazy. If you're an atheist and you believe in nothing, fair enough. But if you believe in God, then I don't see why you don't believe in what's happened to me because there's no more evidence to support God's existence than there is Jack Teague's existence. It is just a matter of faith. So boom, ladies and gentlemen, it's a matter of faith. I do love the sexy music choice. It's crazy, right? (laughs) I, I, I do hope it works out. For Amanda and Jack, right? I'd if, hate to see a sixth divorce. Well, because, yeah, because or if this, they just ghosts her. 
<laughs> Don't want that, do we? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. They're all doing great. Except for Kevin. K-Rock. The U.S., uh, to the surprise of many, Kevin, maybe not you. You you kind of were yeah. not surprised when the U.S. did not make the, the field of 32, I right? mean, it really took a valiant effort at the end. <laughs> to not make it? Yes. To, to I mean, it, it really took everything we had to try to not even tie a team that we should tie. Oh, wow. It was all ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it... But the U.S. is not the only team that didn't qualify. I mean, Italy's not there, which is weird. The Netherlands is not there, which is weird. Mm-hmm. Right. So and not Iceland everybody is, qualified. which is weird. Right. All right. So, Beer Mug, you went out last night for another edition of Cheers with Beer Mug. I did. I rolled up out of bed, threw on my sweatpants, and went to my local watering hole. And <laughs> wow, it sounds pretty uh, romantic. It's classy. So, what we're doing is uh, we're, we're stealing lie witness news from, from Jimmy. Okay. We're borrowing it. Okay, that's fine, too, then. Beer Mug, he wants to go where everybody knows his name. Yeah. Asking questions with no shame. What are you, what are you? <laughs> He's already drunk as a skunk, but people are glad he came. Oh. Beer Mug wants to go where everyone knows his name. Oh, 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 wow. That's a good point. <laughs> So, Mike, you went to the bar. Went to the bar, and I wanted to f- kind of, you know, borrow, like you said, uh, the lie witness news from the Jimmy Kimmel Live show and see if people are really paying attention and ask him if they're excited to see America compete in the World Cup. Are you excited for World Cup? I don't know what that is. <laughs> John, do you have World Cup fever? No, not really. The only cup I ever dealt with was the Little League. They made you wear it, I swear. Oh. Right? And it was so small. I'm here with Esther. Esther, do you have World Cup fever? I do not. Why is that? It's just like the Olympics for me. You just don't care? I don't. So I'll just uh, refer back to the time where I interviewed you about the Olympics. Will you at least root for America? Yeah. All right, I'm here with Ross. Ross, do you have uh, world fever? Soccer. WWF all day long. Come here, LJ, you son of a bitch. Uh, how do you think America's going to do this year in the World Cup, LJ? Uh, for America, I feel like I'm going to be rude, but I have very low hopes for them. Mm. I have no hopes for them. Mm. Why is that? They're never really good at soccer. <laughs> I, like, I don't want to be rude, but... He's not wrong. Everyone knows it's true. You don't think they're at least going to move on to, like, the semifinals? I mean, they might be able to. I don't know. But everybody knows that I'm right. They just don't want to say it because they're afraid to. Monty, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Listen, I got to tell everybody real quick what just happened before I turned the microphone on. And I started taking a sip of my beer without toasting Monty and uh, well, never do that around Monty. No, it's all good, man. You you got that one raw... You're a badass, man. You're a badass. Thank you, Monty. I learned from the best. I learned from the man sitting... You are the best. I, let it, I, I learned from the man sitting directly to my left, and that is you, Get sir. You're the best, man. Get out of here. Listen, Monty, I gotta ask you a couple things. Yes, sir. Number one, how is your beer tasting? Fantastic. Number two, do you have World Cup fever? Do I have what? Do you have World Cup fever? 
110%. Who are you going to root for? America. I think we deserve to win. I think I think we've given a lot of chances. I think this is our year. What players do you like for the U.S.? I have not been following it. I don't know what members we have on our team. But I will say, I think the time has come for America to win. Win, win. USA! 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 I love you! I love you too, Monty. I love you three. That was the uh, strangest little chant I've ever heard. I feel so much better about America's chances in the World Cup now after that, though. (laughs) Well done, Mike. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time for the Afro line. 323-520-AFRO. If you want to leave a a message the old-fashioned way, you can do it at that uh, number. Um, You remember when, Allie, you were doing the Christopher Robin? No, I don't, Kevin. You were so moved emotionally Uh by the idea of this coming back. Yeah, it's Christopher Robin. He finally meets up with Winnie the Pooh for the first time in decades. Mm -hmm. He hasn't seen his old friend. I was tearing up. You were crying before we started Uh, playing the trailer. Because it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, and I couldn't wait to play it for you guys. So you started playing it, and Uh then about halfway in... Yep. DJ Omar Khan put in a fart sound effect. Sure did. And you screamed. I lost my ass. You were so angry slash depressed. I was disappointed. Disappointed. Yes. (laughs) And that's what the first call's about. Oh my God, I am crying listening to Allie and the Christopher Robin trailer. (laughs) And I'm I'm so emotional. And then, who? Who? <laughs> I don't know to be sad anymore or just elated. Thank you so much, guys. Love you. Yeah, it uh, it changed some people. It really did for the better. Mm-hmm. Kevin and Bean, I love you. Alcohol is a hell of a drug, right? Yeah. Remember when we were doing uh, Great News and Dave came in with a story about Malachi? Oh, for the love. <laughs> that touching story about Malachi? Yeah, sure do. And afterwards, Allie said, are you sure it wasn't Malachi? Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. It's me, Malachi. I was wondering if D-Av was there. D-Av? <laughs> well I mean, played. he probably said Malachi as Malachi 20 times during the story, and yeah. every time I'm like, he's going to catch it? Yeah. Nope. Mm-mm. Plus, you don't know whether to butt in because you don't want to. It was a touching story. Uh, he was and you don't in stop the, the moment. moment. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. hey, there's a new theme for what's happening. Oh. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? In your butt. Oh, okay. Well, that's like a whole it. different segment. We have been talking about telling jokes and how people tend to not be able to tell them. Mm-hmm. This guy proves us wrong. 
How does Reese eat her ice cream? Witherspoon. (laughs) All in the delivery. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Here's another joke. Why did Kevin cross the road? Because uh, terrorist (laughs) situations, (laughs) aliens, Uh maybe it's just something we'll never know the answer to. (laughs) Just my luck. Dude called back. Speaking of terrorist situations, Kevin, come on. Hit it, Steve. Let's hear it. Come on, Steve. Let's go, Steve. Terrorist situations. Huh, Kevin? Huh? I'd rather not. Steve, hit it. And now, it's time for a moment with Kevin. It's weird to see people jump from, I'm not positive what the answer is, to, uh, it must be, you know, infallible word of God, or, you know, uh, in the terrorist, <laughs> you know, situations, or UFOs. You go, uh, it's unidentified, so it must be alien. You go, no. It's just maybe a, a question that we'll never know the answer to. That guy that speaks truth. That a moment with Kevin. That guy speaks truth. That's all I know. Oh. Um, Striker. Yeah. Calls mm-hmm. the Afro line. Yeah, he does. Sometimes repeatedly. Kevin and Bean, it's Striker. Have you had the hot cocoa at K Rock, which is free by that cage? <laughs> it is the best hot cocoa I ever had. Okay. And by the way, there is a cage right by the, the cage, machine. It's the, odd. The cage is the prize closet, uh-huh. in quotes. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they keep t shirts and stuff like that. Okay. But it's literally a cage with a lock on it. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. There may be stuff going on after hours that we don't know about in there. Right. Yeah. Uh, Striker called back. The reason why the cocoa is so good is I don't like hot milk. I generally don't like hot liquids. Mm -hmm. I never had coffee. Anyway, hot liquids are not in my wheelhouse. So the hot cocoa, though, at K-Rock, which is free out of the machine, Mm -hmm. the top quarter inch inside the eight ounce cup is so uh, bubbly mm-hmm. and then you're halfway through and by the time you get halfway it's down to the bottom and it's not too chocolatey <laughs> and not too hot. <sighs> Phew. Hello? <laughs> oh, Striker. God bless him. Striker, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed by that. What? Call. No, it's, oh. it's entertaining. It's endlessly entertaining. I love it. What but, are you? But, um, but what are you doing? I honestly think I've I've been lonely the last four weeks. Oh, that's sad. Oh, if you add up the amount of people I've spoken to outside of work, it's one. And I feel like sometimes when exciting things happen, my wife's not around, no one's around. I just want to tell you guys how happy I am because there's a few things that really. So I don't collect shoes. I don't really. My car is just normal. What's happening? I don't know, but he just changed conversations, right? No, no. I'm getting to something. Oh, this is the same. Okay. Three things that I I would say that that make me very happy, like optimum Mm -hmm. happiness would be I'll pay for air conditioning, iceberg lettuce wedge, and the top quarter inch of the foam on the hot chocolate make Mm -hmm. me extremely happy. And I I had no one to tell. All right. Why don't you – how come – you're in seclusion. What's happening with you? <laughs> First, I've been You're very, very like social. A crab lately, and using all my energy at work, and then I don't want to talk to anybody. Right. Okay. And then when I good things happen, mm-hmm. I love you guys, so I just call you on the Afro line, and then sometimes I get distracted, and then 
the last time I see, I don't think I hung up, but I really like you guys, and I don't see you that often. Well, we I don't mean, see you. Very I often. will say this: hearing about uh, tuna sandwiches, <laughs> and now hearing about the foam, I feel it's brought us closer as a people. Yeah, well, the thing with the tuna wasn't don't just care. that the tuna nope. was don't good. Care. Don't, don't care. The ratio Ted, of the care. iceberg don't. lettuce to the tuna. Which Allie, was trying, the, Allie was trying just to smooth I was over. just uh, I was uh, buttoning this up with right. a nice little bow. <laughs> what? Do you button it up with a bow? I don't think so. Not but. sure. <laughs> Striker, get some friends. Okay. We love all. you. And second of all, he tagged our van. I don't know what? if you saw that. What? What kind of an animal is Striker that would take a can of spray paint and... T- and Tag over our tagging. Oh, striker. Yeah, I wrote my name so small, it's like the size of eight ants. I wrote it in, like, uh, some one of the letters And there. you thought we wouldn't see it? That was art you were painting over. <laughs> yes, Picasso. It was total art. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. How does the story end, my friend? Friend. How does the story end? This guy might be the best storyteller of all time. His name is uh, Frank Amedia, uh-huh. and he's a televangelist. Oh. Now, I'm not coming at this from a position of, I don't believe in God or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I come at this from a position of not everybody that says they're speaking for God are speaking for God. And this yeah. guy might be one of them who's not. Mm-hmm. So he tells several stories, and I would like you to tell me how this one ends. They call me the tsunami pastor because when the tsunami was crashing down in Hawaii, the Lord woke me, and that's another testimony, and I raised my hands. How does the story end? It's a quick one. It's a quick story. Oh, he he probably stopped the tsunami. with. And his... the tsunami stopped, and it peeled and went the other way. <laughs> Come on. The tsunami stopped. smell BS from a mile away? Well, fish knows. I mean, that was not that difficult to watch. Okay, listen. Okay, I'm just All saying. Right. Uh, many people, eyes opened, ears opened, cancer healed. Okay, now he's telling wow. a bunch of stories about the things that have happened and the power of God that he's seen in his career. Okay. But he's leading up to nothing prepared me for okay. the greatest story of all time. Kidneys that weren't there when a baby was born, a kidney and a half came, a heart that was missing, a half a heart that was born. Praise God. Incredible wow. miracles of God. But I have to tell you, Judge and, and TCT family, this was the most incredible. And when I tell you, you're going to say, how could this be it? <laughs> but it's truth. This is all truth. Sure. Sure. That guy doesn't even believe him. No. The guy that's the host doesn't even believe him. And the random him. clapper in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a woman there just sitting yeah. there doing nothing but clapping. Okay. And the host hates him. Sure. And they're on some uh, network, uh, TCT Today is called, uh, it's a Tri-State Christian Television. Oh. So this is what was better than a, a heart being fixed and cancer being healed. And a little half a kidney. Kidney and a half, uh-huh. I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. So here's the story. And what it is, it's the resurrection of an ant. An ant. An... Wait, I'm sorry? It's the uh, resurrection of an ant. An ant, like your sister, your mother's sister. And what it is, it's the resurrection of an ant. An ant. An A-N-T. <laughs> yes. Okay. So it was an ant. He, it, there was a longer pause there where he went, not ant. And then they did a little comedy about that. Oh, good times. Not like Aunt Jenny. Nope. Nope. Oh, like I just This tried is it. like an ant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I edited that out just for time. Okay. So we could get to the story because it's the greatest well, story ever told. We need to hear it. Right? And what happened was Garth and I were, were just waiting to go do the baptism. Sure. You don't want to be named Garth, do you? 
I mean, really, you don't. I mean, Garth Brooks is doing okay. Sure, Wayne's World, and that's it, though. That's it. Other Garths? No. And all of a sudden, I feel this thing on my leg. So I went like this, and I looked to see what it was, and I saw this ant crawled up my leg, and I whacked him. I took this big thumb, and I went like this, and I heard him squish. I felt it crack under my thumb, and a piece of it, it was two pieces. I went like this and flicked it. And it went down on the towel. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to me so clearly. And the father said, son, look at the ant. I looked down at the ant. And as I did, I saw another ant come up over the side of the towel. And it began charging directly at this ant. I mean, it, it was an ant on assignment. How does the story end? Just the part of the story with the ant that's charging. How do you think that ended? Uh, the ant. Wrong. Sh- okay. And then the Lord said to me, son. I hear the cry of an ant. I said, oh, my God. I began to weep inside of me. And and then the Lord said, son. I don't know how you weep inside of you. Oh, because he's lying about everything. Now he's weeping inside him. You can't weep inside you. How dare you suggest he's not telling the truth. And and then the Lord said, son, take your finger. How does the story end? (laughs) No, it's just a joke. All right. So the Lord tells him to take his finger. Take your finger and touch the ant. I went like this, Judge, and the, I got I got about this far from the ant. Okay, not touching, but probably four inches. Okay. Maybe three inches. Okay. The power of God shot out the ant that was running around the other ant. How does the story end? What happened to ant two, the on the on rushing ant? Uh, it had to stop in its tracks because the power of God was upon him. He just flew. The power hit him, and he was like this. I don't know where he went, but he was gone. He was airborne. You couldn't even think that big. That's the power of God. That's okay. the thing. And the other ant, it came alive. Oh. And the pieces all were together. The pieces came back together. They were, It was split apart. Okay, because he squished it. Yes, into two With pieces. With his big old thumb. Right, but then he... Pointed his finger at the ant. Okay, different finger though. Because the thumb's a dick. The correct. thumb is Judas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and how does the story end? It's now Ant Man. <laughs> and it jumped up on my finger, came up very slowly, my palm. How does the story <laughs> end? Came up on his finger and was like. What up, Dick? Right. What are you doing? That's a much better ending and than this story would have. And now it's Ant God, right? <laughs> is there Ant God? Yes. Oh. Stopped right there as if it was looking right at me. Mm-hmm. Wow. I said, my God. This is the guy. Wow. <laughs> I can't Yeah, it's something. Story. How about this story? This is better than curing cancer. Ant. <laughs> a kidney and a half. Come on. Lord, what are you saying to me? And he said, that ant is appreciative of the fact that you gave it back its life. Oh. I said, my God, I'm so appreciative that you've given me back my life. Isn't I'm, that a beautiful I'm story? appreciative, too, <laughs> of the fact that you can't say simple words. <laughs> that's how the story I mean, ends. Oh, my God. That story had everything. I need more stories from that guy. <laughs> We've got to start recording that. Right? Yes. Who's going to go through it? Because I can't. Uh, Omar. Okay, good. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. Flame! Who's better than Jeff Garland? No one. Green Day. Um... <laughs>
Green Day, as a, as a collective group of individuals, they top me okay, well, as an individual. I'm, but I the Goldbergs I, are airing right now. And, hold on. Let me just get this okay, out of the way. Goldbergs right. are on ABC yes. Wednesdays at 8. Uh-huh. And then I'm now appearing every week, every Friday night at the Improv. Uh, wow. In the little room they have it's there. It's like a residency. I do. Yes, a residency. Oh, that's awesome. Fridays at 9 is called You Might, you, You'll Probably Get Laid. And by wow. the way, everyone said, in this time, do you want to call it that? And I only just came up with the name. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking, <laughs> what is this time about? What's going on? Should I be politically correct? People are looking for too much from you, maybe. They are. So um, the reason I'm doing it is because in order to be a great stand-up comedian, you have to go on stage. I can't just tell people, oh, I'm on Curb, and I'm on the Goldbergs. Come see me. That would get them out once. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes, by the way. I could have one very successful tour. One tour. But, that's every, it. That's but word of mouth might extend to the yeah. coming up ones. You so have like, a very successful yes. beginning of the tour. And I've been doing it 35 years, so it's what I do. It's like playing the saxophone if I'm Sonny Rollins or something. You know, man, it's like... So even it's after what doing do. it 35 years, you still have to do it have more to. than yeah, weekly. Have to. Have to. Right. It's like going to the gym, man, if you're an athlete. you got to work out. When was the last time that you bombed, really bombed? Really bombed was, ironically, I'm on the Goldbergs, was in Philadelphia, where I actually thought that there was some sort of TV show playing a prank on me. I played... (laughs) I played the... Like they stacked the audience with the intentional death. Wait, dig this, man. It is sold out. They are there to see me. Okay. And they could have not found me less funny. Oh, no. Like, it wasn't like, oh, you're not laughing, but you're having a good time, or you're not a great audience. No, they hated me. One guy stood stood up and said, you suck. We hate you. Oh, my god! And I said to him, I go, you've talked to everybody. (laughs) And everyone hates me. You went and took a survey. No. But, you know, the thing is, I've been doing this 35 years now. You survive. And I survived. I'm fine. You know, the next night, whatever city I was, the next night was great. You know, so wow, that's, that's so weird. Yeah. You have the autopilot in your car. Yes, and I. How use much it. do you trust it, and how much does it terrify you when your hands are off the wheel? Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I didn't use it for like the first six months I had the car because I was like, uh, but then I started, you know, a little bit here and there piecemealing. First, I did it where I held the steering wheel, but the car, you know, did slow and fast. Right, and, and then I trusted without the steering wheel. You, you have to be involved. It's not. Uh, you know, it's not driving. You, you, you're part of the equation. You have to keep what one part. Well, you have to keep your hands on the steering wheel, even though you're not steering. Oh, so in other words, it's not unlike. But it's steering for you to you know, make up for its to make possible for, problems. Yeah, well, to, to by the way, if you don't keep your hands on the steering wheel, it'll shake. You know, and say, you know, buzz and say, get your hands on the wheel. Oh, you so have to be okay. engaged, huh. and the the. The car, you know, when the car's in front, I only use it in the left-hand lane on the on the on the highway. Okay, and then so the cars, as they go slow and fast in front of you, the car, you set how many car lengths you want to be behind. Oh, does it have like a radar that keeps yeah, that you distance? Can set then? That, yes, huh. and so I have three car lengths that that I that I want to, especially if I'm doing the autopilot, mm-hmm. uh, and I I truly. 
can totally see how if you're not engaged or if you're drunk like this last person was, yeah. that mm-hmm. you could get into an accident. Right. But, but if you're but engaged, you, I don't like see it. how. Because it's better. It has a higher ratio of not getting an accident than you do if you're tired driving. So it helps work. you a lot. Oh, a lot. I really? love Yes, I love it. The way lot. you're describing it, Jeff, it sounds to me like, well, I can't believe I'm blanking on the thing, but what's the thing where you can set your uh, your speed and you can and you don't have to put your foot cruise on the control. Cruise, cruise control. Cruise control. Yeah. It kind of sounds like cruise control. You need to be kind of aware of it to make sure it's you're not coming control. up fast on something. It's, it's cruise control with braking and steering, <laughs> which sounds like driving. <laughs> That's pretty much it's a lot like no, driving. No, 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 but, but, but it does steer and then it does brake, whereas cruise control in your car does not brake right. at all. Right, right. Okay, and does gotcha. not steer. So but say- you have to be engaged. You have to. They have not invented the car yet that just drives for you. Do you think they ever will? Yes. And do you, you want do. that? Do you want that to be a thing? Because we don't. I hate the idea of that. No, I – well – on two levels, by the way, I think you'd like California more or Los Angeles <laughs> if cars were driving themselves. Sure. Uh, although I think, by the way, compared to most of the country, we have some pretty good drivers here. Uh, before we go, 60 seconds with Jeff Garland. The timer is up and running. Uh, what celebrity do you get mistaken for the most? Uh, Mike Golick. <laughs> <laughs> what did you want to be as a kid? A comedian. What's your favorite TV show, excluding the ones you're in? South Park. What is something about you that people would be surprised to know? I read a crazy amount. Okay. Uh, Dog kisses on the mouth, yes or no? Yes. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Do you like hip-hop? Older. I'm not that into it. My kids are into it. Is Larry David sexier in person or on the TV screen? I'm more attracted to him on the TV screen. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite sport? Uh, Baseball. Jack White or Jack Black? Oh, uh, well, God, I'm actually friends with both, but I will go with Jack Black because, yeah, Jack Black's a comedian and I love him. I love Jack White, too, but not as much as Jack Black. Can you roller skate? Yes. Have you ever had to drink your own urine? God, no. Uh, what did you want to be as a kid? I already asked you that, didn't yeah. I? And finally, why did you vote for President Trump? Oh, dear God. That is that really one of the questions? <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, my I God. I asked it one time, and B goes, all right, you have to put that in every single. Because that's, really, really, that's really funny. I that love watching really the funny. face of the people we asked that question yeah. of. Yeah. Have you gotten one that, that was like, yeah, I did? No, not yet. Yeah, no, not but yet. they must be out there somewhere, Jeff. They're out there somewhere. They're just, by the way, that's why. Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. I didn't get into politics. I didn't either. I just wanted to yeah, throw that at you and just see your response. Jeff, we couldn't love you more, my friend. Thanks. Thanks for coming in. By the way, the feeling is mutual. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The Kevin and Bean Show mornings on K Rock, K Rock, K Rock, K Rock. Sounds kind of boring. I'd like to introduce you to Ted Parrott, is his name. And what is this? This is a guy who's getting tattoos and piercings and body changes mm-hmm. so that he can look no. like his parrot. <laughs> He loves his parrot. He really loves his parrot. And wait until you see the lengths that he goes to to become a parrot. Now, he's a little hard to understand because he's British and he's got one of those accents that sort of he speaks quickly and you have to listen. Mm -hmm. But um, this is straight crazy. Meet Ted Parrot Man. I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah. identified him wrong. You left out the man. Ted Parrot Man. Yeah, come he, on, Kevin. He needs a better name to start with. Yeah, it's not as catchy. Ted Parrot and it's Man. Not yeah. the, shouldn't it be Ted the Parrot Man? Mm, don't know. It's his name. That's what they keep calling him throughout <laughs> the whole story. <laughs> Kevin Radio Man. Ted Parrot Man. <laughs> Retired Ted is 58 and lives in the UK with Iggy the Iguana.
And, as you might have guessed, his three beloved parrots. Ellie, Bobby and Tika. Is that his two-year nails? Starting with this navel scene, fittingly above his navel. Okay, so they're showing now a tattoo above his stomach. Okay. Ted's been getting tattooed for four decades. He's been getting tattooed for 40 years. All parrot-related tattoos? Not until the last two years. But he spent the last two years trying to turn himself from this into this. Why does a man want to be a parrot? Man. That's a great question. That is a great question. And the, the best delivery of any newscaster. <laughs> right? All due respect to Ali, who's a great newscaster, but this oh, was no. the best delivery Real right good. there. Now, why? I just love the colors. I love the colors. Okay. I'm a bright person anyway. I like uh, different colors. So you wear something bright, it cheers people up. If you wear something bright, it cheers people up. Buy some shirts. <laughs> nope, he gets tattooed. <laughs> That's when I started doing these tattoos, the same colours as them. So I wanted the same five colours with all my tattoos. Ted's metamorphosis has included tattooed feathers on his skull, full facial tattoos. Uh, by the way, he looks great. Yeah. For a parrot. For a parrot man. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't look great. He's got no. he's got feathers on his head, tattoos all over his face, piercings. He's just a total mess. Does he look at all like a parrot? No, because he's a human being. But he's the colors of the parrot. Okay. But wait till you hear, that's not all he does. And he's even had his eyeballs colored. Oh, what? He's had his eyeballs colored. Oh, no. Now he talks about the process of coloring your eyeballs and how it's very dangerous and you could go blind doing it. Up is so quick. You you just got to keep your your head still. You can't move because one slip, that's it. You're blind. <laughs> that seems dangerous. <laughs> I learned about that on lockup. They do that in the slammer. They color their eyes like that. Why, if you move just one slip, are you blind? What? Because you have because there's just a small little space to get the color in there. From what I understand, again, I'm watching prisoners tell sure. how they do mm-hmm. it. I think one slip of the hand, you hit the wrong part of your eye, you're blind. Wow, and that's happened to people in jail. That seems like that's too much of a risk. I would think not yeah. for him. He had uh, one color in one eye and another color in the other eye. <laughs> well, he does want to be a parrot. He really wants to be a parrot. But yeah, it is dangerous. At the end of the day, what isn't dangerous? At the end of the day, what isn't dangerous, <laughs> it's right? true. It's true. The guy's right. <laughs> no, just having a tough fight. Ted has all the tropes you'd expect to find in absolutely any parrot. A tongue split in two. He's got his tongue split in okay. two. That looks good. Screw in horns. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> screw in horns. Parrots have screw in horns. I don't know, but he's got horns that screw in on his forehead. <laughs> okay, I'm not positive why. And the essential parrot skill that is magnetic hands. He does seem to have magnetic hands. He's holding <laughs> a coin from I don't know. Oh wow! I'm not sure if that's a parrot thing either. Okay. Okay, it's not. He's not done yet though. But one thing's definitely made his head more parrot-shaped, having his ears removed. Okay. Uh, What? He had both ears removed. Talking about Ted Parrot Man trying to become a parrot, and he explains why. Because the parrots, they only got little tiny holes. That's why. Parrots only have little tiny holes. They don't have ears. So he had his ears removed. Wow. I wonder if anybody could do it. And then when I found somebody what can do it... That was it. I had to have my ears cut off, so it was like like them. So I got two little holes. So now he's got no ears. He's got two little ear two holes. Little holes. Like a parrot. Yes. The day after I had my ears cut off, it was windy here in Bristol. 
I walked in and I said, God, blimey, is that ever windy out there? I said, look, I said, my ears is blown off. He's, he's, so he's telling a joke to his mates in a pub. Wow. Oh, blew my ears right off. Wow. What do you think his response was? And everybody just in hysterics. Everybody was in <laughs> I mean, it, have you ever been to Bristol? <laughs> no. That would go Does that explain everything? Yeah. Uh, honestly, as soon as he said Bristol, I you went. You lit up, right? Okay. All right. Should have led with <laughs> Why? that. It's a. It's an interesting Just a place. nutty place? Yeah. All right. He's still not done. Okay. He's had his ears removed now. Ted's not finished yet, though. Uh, what I'm going to do um, eventually is have the bottom part. Okay. Now he's touching the bottom part of his nose, the okay. cartilage part. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's going to change his nose. Okay. So that it's a beak. <laughs> Cut away there, the septum, and it'd be made into like a, a beak. And uh, that's why I'm looking forward to having done as well. Thankfully, Ted's septum is not being ripped out today. Instead, he's merely going to have his tongue and lips tattooed with bright colours and have another stud punched into his chest. <laughs> tongue and lips. Okay. Tattooed in bright colours. It makes Ted right. Parrot Man happy. Right. And I say, who are we to judge? <laughs> right. I've had me uh, lips all tattooed. I've had all me uh, tongue tattooed. Uh, and um, it needs a little bit more going to it. Still, Ted's beautiful technicolour plumage brings joy to humans. Brilliant. Does it? And parrots alike. <laughs> Does it? Listen. Does it bring joy to humans? I'm going to tell you, if I'm drinking in a pub in Bristol right. and I see that dude. You're thrilled. I want to know all about him. Right. I want to hear his ear joke. Mm-hmm. I will laugh heartily <laughs> and possibly buy him a few rounds. So, so it yes, may- it brings joy. And parrots, though. Do you think it brings joy to parrots? <laughs> oh, was that the question? <laughs> he says it brings, she said it brings joy to all people and parrots. I don't think parrots, parrots are like, are going, he's one of us. Right. right. <laughs> Come on. Bitter, predictable, whining disc jockeys. It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. I didn't want to do this story. I don't... Well, it, who's I making ha- you? Be, the, Allie, you know what I'm talking about. I, there's, it's nope. unavoidable. The kids insisted. All they do is write to us and say, can't wait to hear you guys talk about this. Please do the story. I mean... So you don't our, have a choice. It's, I don't have a choice. It's our brand. Okay. okay. Sometimes I, we don't love our brand. Mm. Right. But Sometimes is, your brand makes us gag. <laughs> this is our lot oh, in no. life. And again, I, it's, it's not my choice. I don't want to do it, but I have to. It's a responsibility to the kids. All just, right? a, just a note. I, that's still okay. okay. All right. Okay. The, uh, the headline is uh, doctors remove a live worm crawling under woman's face. Now, don't no, automatically. We don't, don't need to talk about that. Don't in automatically think that it's horrible. OK, it was no, because it, it could be really great. No, no, it wasn't great. But there's no harm, no foul. She's fine. OK. And, 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 and apparently when this happens and it happens infrequently, but more frequently than than it used to, apparently you are fine. It's inconvenient and it's a little bit scary, but there's no damage done. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm putting the upside on it first. Okay, that's the upside. Uh, A Russian woman bugged by a strange lump on her face was even more shocked to discover the cause a live worm. According to the New England Journal of Medicine, the 32-year-old woman first noticed strange nodules below her left eye. She took a picture of it, by the way. It later moved above her eye and then down to her upper lip. The moving part would really disturb me. Yeah, (laughs) and if you saw her lip... It's like out to here. Oh, it, it is, is disgusting. Now, it would disturb you, yes, Kevin, if you knew it was a worm. Wouldn't it confuse you if you didn't make the connection in your head to I have a live animal living inside my face? I, I think 
I think the fact that it's moving would lead me to at least guess that maybe that's what's happening because injuries I, don't move for the most part. Yeah, I pretty much stay where they are. I think I would be slow on the uptake on that one. I don't think I think it would take me a long time to. If it realize. was under your eye and it went all the way to your lip. You I wouldn't would be, think, I'm dumb. I'm really dumb, you guys. She told doctors the nodules appeared after she visited a rural area outside Moscow where she was bitten repeatedly by mosquitoes. The nodules caused occasional itching and burning, but she said she had no other symptoms. So doctors identified the suspect, which is a long parasitic roundworm mm. called the Dirofilaria repens. It typically is spread by mosquitoes and hosted by dogs and other carnivores. They removed the squirming lump. God, I love that. The squirming nope. lump. No, that's mm. terrible. Oh, that's Who's hungry? That is... Ain't nobody got time for that. That is rich. Uh, from the woman's face using local anesthetic and a pair of forceps. It could have been worse, by the way, according to a physician who studies infectious diseases in Rostov, Russia. She told NPR that in 20% of cases, the worms can move considerable distances. They can start in your upper eyelid and travel your body all the way down to your buttocks. Oh, my God. Allie's showing me a picture. Oh, oh. this is gross. Yes. Even worse, the worm can live up to two years in the human body okay. if it isn't removed. All right, then. And that is right. All right, then. She is uh, she is fine, by the way, again. And I led with that, just so you know, it's not a terrible story, but it's not great. Mm-mm. It's not what you want. No. It's, it's not what you choose. Mm-mm. But doctors do recommend that if you have this, it's easier to diagnose and help the doctor quickly identify that it is this parasitic worm if you do take selfies along the way as it moves around your face and or body. So that's good advice for the listeners. Right? Sure. Well, now we have to worry, like, oh, you have a bump under your eye. Could that be a worm? And and you're looking at it every single day to see if it move a little bit? And then you get a zit over here. You're like, it moved over there. (laughs) I mean, now I'm terrified. (laughs) This isn't good. This is a terrifying, horrible story. The Kevin and Bean Show. Just just not not, not funny. K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We did a story a couple of months ago about a lady in New Hampshire. It was a fascinating story. She had bought a lottery ticket and won $560 million, signed the back of the ticket, and then went to collect her money. And they said, great, uh, what time do you want to do the press conference? She said, oh, no, no, I, I don't want to do a press conference. I want to remain anonymous. And they're like, ooh, sorry, rules are you win a lottery, you have to go, you have to give a press conference because we need the transparency. We need people to know that somebody's actually winning. And obviously, it also helps promote our lotteries. you got to do it. So she sued. She did not pick up her money. Months went by. She did not pick up her $560 million. And she sued and ended up winning, by the way. I don't know if really? you remember that part. Yeah. She was able to transfer the ticket into a trust, and her attorneys picked up the money, and she remained anonymous as just Jane Doe. Hmm. Well, that was then. This is now. And I think <laughs> I think we're all worse for seeing what went down in Jamaica. This is a horrifying <laughs> 
photo. What's I happening love here? It so much. This uh, this woman that won, I think, about a million dollars. Oh, 180 million. It was 180 million in her Jamaican currency, money. In yes. Jamaican money, which okay. I believe is about a million dollars. Why you gotta make it about America? <laughs> I mean, I just think it was. <laughs> well, I think we're trying to give people the uh, right an understanding of how much they want in a currency they know. Right. Um, her name is N. Gray, is the only thing that we know. And she showed up in a mask, an emoji mask mm-hmm. of the winky face. And she looks creepy. It's weird. She, oh, I guess she's she, going to knife someone. She, but she just doesn't <laughs> want anyone to know who she is because. But people who, I mean, she's they, from know her last, right. they know her last name. Right. And people are going to know she's won a million dollars, aren't they? People I, I would in her life. So. Yes. And I would assume anyone that knew in her life would tell everyone else they know. So right. I don't think it's really possible for her to stay out Anonymous. of the limelight. And maybe yeah. even more so now that this is news everywhere. It had to be it huge made it news much there. Worse. Yeah. It made it so much worse for her. She's like, this was a mistake. Is yeah, the winky <laughs> face the worst one she could have picked? It's so creepy. It's terrifying. <laughs> it really it's is. so creepy. But don't you think that a million times, no pun intended, a million times more people in Jamaica are going to know about her and winning this lottery because of her stunt at the at picking up the check than if she had just gone up there with a regular face and people just wouldn't even have known her? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Around the world, I assume mm-hmm. so. Yeah. But I, I don't know who she's trying to hide from, her family. Well, I think she's afraid of being robbed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, being robbed. That makes That's sense. what happens mm-hmm. to lottery winners. I won't say all the time, but it happens frequently enough. That was why the lady in New Hampshire wanted to remain anonymous. What, do they pay her in ones? <laughs> don't they just make a bank transfer or something? <laughs> yes, yeah, but, but they know where she lives. They could rob her house. Oh, There's I a see. lot of stuff that could Yeah, once you wrong. get into the news and they go, oh, she's going to quit her job at the bakery or something. Well, then they know. You know, they know your neighborhood. They know everything. But that's what her fear was. And the weird thing, I don't know if you saw this in the article, is that she's not the first winner to do this in Jamaica. This has become like a thing there. Since the Super Lotto started, winners have been wearing disguises to protect themselves, says a representative of the company. So she's not even the first one to do it. She's just the first one to, you know, come out with such a creepy mask, I guess. That's a creepy looking thing. Yeah. It is. So, yeah. Bean, you win the lottery. We've always heard that you're just going to ghost us. Mm-hmm. That we're, is correct. Yes. We're, we're never going to hear from you again. Not, not even, hey, I won the lottery. Good luck. Right. I'm not going to come on and share the news with you guys. I just won't be there one morning right. at 530. And um, you'll never. Now, listen to me. Right. Uh-huh. Never. Right. Hear from me again. Okay. Oh, so right. since that woman won the lawsuit, you won't do the press conference either? Uh, yeah, that would be my choice. Yeah. Depending on what state I win the lottery. And if I can if I can do that, I sure will. Yeah. You guys are just going to have to assume. I mean, you'll read that it was, you know, the ticket was bought at a Circle K in New Orleans. And you go, well, I I guess that must have been Bean because we never heard from him again. Right. Well, when you um, did take time off for um, your uh, self-preservation a couple months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. A lot of people commented on that. Mm-hmm. Dude, just tell us he just won tell the lottery. Us he won the lottery. <laughs> just tell us. <laughs> oh, that would have been so much more fun than what it was. <laughs> now, how about uh, you, Kevin? You win the big, big bucks. Then what? Um, I don't. I mean, I've never really considered it. Mm-hmm. Really, even though you buy tickets when it's when it's a five hundred million dollar jackpot. Um, yeah. That's so interesting. I don't you actually seriously. put your money down to buy the yeah. ticket. Yet, don't imagine what it would be like to win. Well, you know that. Your chances um, against winning are so astronomical. That, mm-hmm. Right, that, but you wouldn't buy a ticket unless you thought you had right. a chance. Sure, I had a chance, and if I win, then I'd figure out what I'd do. I don't, I don't feel like I need to spend a lot of time working on something with that small of odds. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have a getaway plan like why? you do. Pete. Why do you hate dreams? <laughs> I don't mind dreams. I just, I'm realistic. Okay. Well, I'm I probably got a, not I got a mask mm-hmm. and a beard and a passport and a thousand dollars in cash. Yeah, I'm ready to White go. White Bronco. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> and Kevin, you have you have always said consistently since I've known you yeah. that you keep your job too, right? For the time being. Come on. But I have the worst attitude ever because <laughs> sure. what are they going to do? Fire me? You show up and like fired. You show up at like eight thirty right. in a bathing suit, drunk. drunk. Why in a bathing suit? <laughs> Why in a bathing because suit? because he can because he can do whatever he wants. He, he can, can come do in a that now. come in a robe. <laughs> <laughs> in a bikini. That's what I would choose. That example. <laughs> You're not doing good so far. So far. The Kevin and Bean Show. You're not doing good on K-Rock. K-Rock. Brought you this story. Police say they arrested a man several days after a complaint. Somebody was spotted. And by the way, it's a 52-year-old guy named Eddie Wan. Mm-hmm. Was spotted crawling under library tables and smelling a woman's foot. I, uh Come on. Now, I read as much as I could on this guy because it's fascinating to me that anyone, A, would even like that smell. Uh-huh. B, he's 52. That's sad. Mm-hmm. C, he's in a library crawling under tables. Yeah, because I had mentioned that it's a young man's game, the foot <laughs> sniffing, right? But, but how, do, how do they not have him? How did they not catch him either? He got away. He's been, like, doing this for weeks. Yeah. And we were talking about this story and about how um, librarians, what are they supposed to do? And we right. got a tweet from Tracy. Mm-hmm. And her tweet uh, says, Li- librarians attract freaks of all kinds. The stories I could tell you would freak you out. And yes, we do take people out. We are badass. Right? Because you're like, librarians aren't going after the guy. That's and Tracy's like, not so fast. Good morning, Tracy. <laughs> Good morning. So you're badass. Yes, of course we are. And you've been a librarian for how long? Oh, my gosh. Um, almost 30 years. Whoa. So you've seen years. some stuff. Yes. And, and I should point out that I work in university libraries, but there's also public libraries. Those are your like local libraries that you go to. And they, they see, we see different kinds of things. But, yes, we, we all see all kinds of things. What type of stuff? This guy was sniffing feet. You ever see anything like that? Yeah, actually, we did. Um, I worked at two two uh, university libraries, and um, we actually had our own foot guy. He had a foot fetish when I was a baby librarian there at my at my current institution. And so he would do the same thing. He would get, crawl on all fours under a table and just sniff. No, this guy didn't crawl. He just kind of walked up to people and asked if he could see their feet or clip their toenails. <gasps> He wanted to clip their toenails. I mean, Tracy, that's a service, right? Right. You don't have to. <laughs> maybe he was, you know, maybe he was just offering them a spa service. How do you know? Did you throw him out because you're a badass? Uh, no, he never approached me personally. Mm. Um, he approached my colleagues, okay. which freaked them out. Of course. Um, I had to deal with a uh, naked professor. I'm sorry. Who... <laughs> Did you say naked and professor? Yeah, yeah, my former institution, there was a um, professor who just kind of short-circuited, took his clothes off outside the library, and walked walked in, just kind of stood in the middle of the lobby with his hands on his hips and surveyed the lobby, and we called the police, and he came, and they took him away. <laughs> what was he, Well, he didn't have his library card, that's why. <laughs> he was outside his yeah. pants. 
What uh, What was he a professor of? What, what did he teach? Um, one of the sciences. We'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So All right. naked the guy. Worst, the worst part of that story was the, the gossip mill was so bad was by the end of the day, the rumor mill had said that Tracy was chasing the naked professor through the library by the end of the day. And all I had really done was kind of gone out, verified that, yes, there was a naked man in the lobby. But you weren't um, chasing him. And, no, I was not chasing him. Let's get that straight. Is it possible that he was teaching anatomy and he was that was a course? Huh. Just, no, he was by himself. There I want no all reason. of my students to be in the library at 4 o'clock for my latest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine that the computers getting put in the libraries there's a lot of porn issues yeah um because i because i became a librarian before the web was a thing Mm -hmm. um, i'm dating myself here um but yeah i mean that was that was and universities have different rules than um a lot of places because we don't usually tend to put filters on things so we, you know, we don't really tend to put rules about what you can and can't do on the computer. So we kind of, if we see somebody doing, kind of say, hey, you know, you really shouldn't. But, but you know, for all we know, they could be doing a, a genuine research project. So oh, we please. Try to, <laughs> if a guy's looking up a Kennebunkport <laughs> uh, surprise, he's not doing work for school. Maybe he's going right to now. Massachusetts. I don't think so. He's doing some research. He's looking up the jelly donut. You do not want anything to <laughs> do with that guy. Maybe hungry. Come on. All right, Tracy, you're the best. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you for tweeting us. We appreciate it very much, and thank you for coming on the air with us today. Thanks, guys. Okay, talk to you soon. We're not going to talk to you soon. (laughs) Give us a call back. We'll we'll get right back to you. What's wrong with you? We have other calls on the line. (laughs) Hi, Lauren. Hi. What did you see at the library? I caught a man in the women's restroom with pamphlets from our information table. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, he was sexually pleasing himself to the pictures of the women on the covers. Hmm. How explicit were those pictures in your pamphlet? <laughs> uh, they they were like the stock photos, you know, oh. just generic women smiling on the covers mm-hmm. or with like a serious expression on their face because they need uh, help getting their food stamps for their families or oh, about getting food insurance. Oh, I mean, oh Lauren, my. you're turning me on with this. <laughs> I don't know about him. Wow. So what do you do when you confront him? Are you like, sir, pull up your pants. You have to go now. Exactly. He left without a fuss. But, yeah. <laughs> Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> All right. Thank you for the call, Lauren. We appreciate it. Um, let's go to Ryan uh, on line three, who is calling us from Upland. Hi, Ryan. Good morning. Good morning. Talking about libraries and things people shouldn't be doing there. Uh, walking, just doing my job in the stacks, putting books away, turn a corner, and there's um, there's two of our fine students uh, having sex, clothes scattered about. Um, shocked me. I didn't even know what to say. You know, there's just that moment of wow. And uh, I assume that would happen more. Yeah, quite often. Don't you feel like? Did you have like study rooms? Were you at a school library or a public library? Uh, it was a school library. Yeah, so don't they have, like, study rooms and stuff like that where they could pretty much have some seclusion? Our study rooms had big glass windows. Right. So they sort right. of wanted to be seen, yeah, perhaps. So yeah, so you're into that. <laughs> so what do you do? not in Amsterdam. What do you do in that class? In that case, I mean, what do you do? How do you approach them? What do you say? When you're you know, finished, they, uh... listen, when you're finished, you're going to have to wrap it up pretty quickly here. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they, they grabbed their, uh, most of their clothes and uh, scrambled and ran pretty fast and got out. Uh, we just got to pick up whatever was left. 
Ooh. Okay. Oh. <laughs> that sounds gross. All right. Thank you for the call. We appreciate that. Let's go to uh, Darren in Los Angeles. Hi, Darren. Hey, how you doing? Good. Thank you. I had an older woman. She was running around in her negligee. Oh. How old? Uh, 60s, mm. 70s. I don't think Darren sang it was hot. Yes. What? I don't think. I think he sang maybe not so hot. I'm sorry. Did you say 60s or 70s? Yeah. Uh, I guess she was older. She, she. I guess maybe she has Alzheimer's, so she thought she was at home, and so Aww. she started to undress. Oh, no. No, Kevin! Kevin, no! No! Kevin. What are you talking about? She has Alzheimer's. Oh. She thought she was at home. I didn't hear that part. So, You're the so worst. The funny part was that uh, you saw her running around in the fire department and the police department. They were trying to chase her all around the, the stack. Oh, the no. Because they couldn't catch her. She was a little old lady. She, and like I said, we found out later on, she, she thought for some reason she was at home and she's going to get undressed to go to bed. Yeah, Kevin. No, God! <laughs> Look, I'm just looking for an interesting library story, for God's sake. Okay, what if I gave you Simon okay. from the 562? He worked at a library, and he was walking through the reference section where they keep the encyclopedias and whatnot. And he said, no joke, people were there trying to shoot a porno. <laughs> he said he was shocked, but at the same time, he tried to be a good citizen, so he didn't ask them to leave. Really? Right? Like, maybe they had a permit. Right. Who knows? <laughs> you finish it. You do what you're doing. Wow. The Kevin and Bean Show. The world famous K-Rock. I had to confess something to Bean that I wasn't thrilled to confess to him because I knew he'd be upset. Okay. And that's the other night I was driving my car and uh, I saw a coyote and I tried to run it over. (gasps) It was just my initial instinct was to run it over. Why? Because coyotes are coming down from the hills and killing all pets. They're all up and down the street. There's neighbors with dead pets. Okay. So that seems bad. Well, put your pets inside. Yeah, that's easy to say, but like I have a three, four pound dog Mm -hmm. and we keep a really good eye on her. Mm -hmm. Occasionally she gets outside. That happens. You can't watch them 24-7. So I tried to kill it, which by the way is legal. Like you gun the car? Yes. Oh, Kevin. Having said that, I feel like had I hit it, I would have been upset. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. But I was upset at the time about all of our friends and all of the pets in the neighborhood because they do, they do, they're, they're all over and they are killing pets like crazy. Was I wrong? Yes. Now, uh, I don't think I... <laughs> that was over- a week, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I, I've had family and friends that have had bobcats... Coyotes, everything, come into the backyard, snatch their pets, gone. I, I lost the cat to a coyote, by the way. Well, that you doesn't did. count. But I'm talking like dogs. We're talking about pets. Yeah, pets. Like dogs. Come on. <laughs> come on. Come on. And I, it's heartbreaking. It's so sad. It's awful. But then you have to think, that coyote was there first. And it's coming down to these houses because it can't find food because we're screwing up its ecosystem. It's our fault. So I didn't think through all of that. No, that might I surprise know. you. But so like, how, like a neighbor you... of ours, a neighbor of ours had a little kid, uh-huh. and she it came, took the kid. She came outside, and there was a. This is going to be sort of gross, but there was an empty 
oh. shell of her dog, of her okay. pet. Yeah, on the front yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that just made me feel horrible. Yeah. So then I saw the coyote. I was like, you mother effer. Is there a, something in place where they have people you can call that will come out and trank dart it and move it to someplace else or catch they it don't, somehow? They don't really stay stick around. They don't really. Yeah. You see them. You see one run across the street and jump into someone's yard. That's what you see. So if you were to call somebody to come out, it could be two miles away. By the, it's just not even. A but thing they would could, know that they're in that neighborhood. Oh, they they know it's in the neighborhood. There's nothing they can do. Yeah, if it. you live by any hills, yes. you have coyotes in your neighborhood. Everywhere. Yeah. And it sucks. And um, there are lots of animals that are pests, though, in the neighborhood. I mean, would you would you hit a raccoon if you saw a raccoon? If they're a pain in your ass, too? No, not just pain in the ass. Killing pets is what did it for me. That's what yeah. put me over the top. Is that you're killing the pet of some little kid? And I have kids, little girls. Some little girl's pet on the front yard. I mean, that's that's a horrible thing. Sure. Hey, Mike. Hey guys, how are you doing? Good. Thank you. What do you think? Kevin was in a tough spot. He's behind the wheel of the car. He has the opportunity, he thinks, to help, but he would also feel bad about it. What do you think? Well, I kind of had a funny story with my grandma losing a cat to a coyote. So she had my grandpa sit outside to try to shoot the coyote. Uh-huh. And my grandpa ended up shooting her other cat that was in the bush. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Grandpa, oh, doing, oh. grandpa putting in good work. Grandpa. We were talking about pets, yeah. not cats, Mike. Uh, cats count, <laughs> by the way. It's yeah, devastating it to lose any pet. Coyote, but I don't know what he saw, but he blew half a cat in half. Oh, oh I don't think we need to hear the details don't of that. Grandpa loose with the gun. Was That's Grandpa it. putting out Grandpa as bait for this coyote? I'm a little bit concerned about sending an old <laughs> man into that. All right. Thank you for the call, sir. Appreciate that. Ouch, right? That was right, a little troubling. troubling. Let's go to line one. Let's see what uh, Colleen from Fullerton wants to weigh in with here on the Kevin Amin Show. Hey, Colleen. Hey, how are you guys? Good, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, biologists have shown that coyotes are so adaptable that if you kill them within one generation, their litters are bigger. So actually killing oh. them doesn't really solve the problem. So it's better they adapt and have like more it. kids. What does solve the yeah. problem? Wow. What does solve uh, the problem? Making, making the environment not hospitable to them. Keep their dogs and cats inside, keep their food inside, that kind of thing. Yeah, you do that, though, and it's not enough. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, they, they're super. That's why they survive. They're everywhere. They're in Manhattan. They are I mean, everywhere. they're really survivable. They're like um, large, you know, cockroaches. Yes, they <laughs> they're are just really adaptable. Yes, they are. But I mean, I think you can keep your dogs inside or yeah. go outside with your dogs, right? Right. That's what right, happens ninety nine percent of the time, and my dog mm-hmm. is still alive because of that. Right. Thank you for the call, Colleen. We appreciate it. All right, uh, please put Scott. Hey, Scott. Hey, how's it going? Good, thank you. Your advice for Kevin's neighbors? Uh, well, so, question. Yes. We were talking about rodents. We're ta- I'm sorry, your phone's cutting in and out. We were talking about what? Rodents. Rodents, yes. Yeah, so what is a three-pound dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to say, but I would say a three-pound dog is the rodent. I mean, I don't feel like that's true because it's an actual dog, not a rodent. Like Scott, Scott has a good point. He's suggesting you upgrade your pet. Get is what a real he said. dog, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K Rock. And right now, okay, now it's time. And right now, great news. Yeah, you clipped him at the end there, clipped Kevin. Him? Yeah. Right. And right now, it's time for. Nope. Again. Wait. Okay. Right. Great news. There it was. If you right. wouldn't finish. I didn't expect it to work. Well, maybe you should. Hit it, Steve. 
When you wake up, all you hear is bad news. So bad it makes you want to hit the snooze. Kevin and Bean can make that go away. It's time for great news today. Great news. All right, Kevin. Warm and fuzzy. What do you got? I got, uh, maybe you've seen the story, the story of Maurice Anderson on the Red Line uh, train in Chicago last week. He was headed home from downtown and was seated next to an older homeless man. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I looked down and his shoes were off. One of his socks was bleeding through. Jessica Beale was another woman on the train and she was watching this. She was sitting near them and she saw Maurice ask the man about his feet only wearing a pair of uh, snowy boots, and he took them right off of his feet and gave them to the homeless guy. Oh, wow. He said, what size are you? And the homeless guy said, 12. And he said, me too. Here's my new pair of boots. Wow. And this is what I think is really cool is that Jessica Bell snapped some pictures of it Mm -hmm. and posted it on Facebook. And I think that was maybe, not to be too preachy, but maybe that was even the more important act was to show this great act of kindness and let other people know that it happened because the way society is right now, it just seems like everything is such a bummer. Mm-hmm. And to get the good word out there, which is one of the reasons that we do great news, mm-hmm. um, it sort of uh, uh, restores your faith in humanity. And this is what she had to say. This is not what you see on the train every day. It was amazing. I think that's really what resonated for me is that it was really a just like selfless and quiet act. Like there was no fanfare to it. It just happened. Bell decided to share the story on Facebook because, as she wrote in her post, during a time when hate and apathy are rampant, quiet compassion appears without warning. So I thought that was really an amazing story. Yeah. I like it. And the guy and the guy who offered his shoes up was probably thinking, I am fortunate enough to have other shoes at home. This guy doesn't. Yep. So why should he have none and I have more than one? That's Correct. a very cool story. Yeah. I like this one, too. This one comes out of Turkey. The capital of Turkey is Ankara, I think is how you pronounce it. Garbage collectors there have made the news because, and I have no idea how this started or how the word spread throughout the garbage collecting community, but they started picking out of the trash books that people had thrown away, saved them up, and built a public library out of books that were being thrown in the trash. Isn't that a bizarre story? Wow. Huh. Sanitation workers started collecting discarded books for months. They gathered the books. As word of the collection then spread, residents started donating books directly. Initially, the books were only for employees and their families to borrow, people who worked for the sanitation department. But as the collection grew bigger and bigger and bigger and interest spread throughout the community, they opened it as a public library. They now have over six thousand books in the library including a popular kids section with comic books an entire section of science books they have books in english and in french uh they put it in a previously vacant brick factory that the uh, sanitation department owned and they loan out books to the community in fact they have so many books now because as word spread as i said people started donating them that now the library is loaning out these books that previously were going to be thrown away to schools educational programs and even to prisons so that is a wonderful, hmm. wonderful story, I think, about somebody looking at something and going, hey, somebody else might enjoy that, and I think we can figure out a way to help them do that. And that's yeah. my great news. Oh, try it again. Great news. I, I mean. What do I have to do? <laughs> oh, all right. My story has to do with, you know, when your kid goes off to college first time, the house is so empty. 
pretty much a real bummer, right? So then they come back for their Christmas break. Mm -hmm. The house is alive again. Everything's great. Sometimes them leaving after that is worse when they originally left because you've got the holidays. You've got all those new memories that you just made. Well, this woman found that to be very true. Her name is Cheryl Gottlieb Boxer. And she posted this on Facebook. Today, we dropped our son off at the train station to return to college for the spring semester of his freshman year. I returned home and found the house too quiet. I miss his chatter, his guitar music, his video games. Every corner of the house felt barren in his absence. So she flew there and got an apartment right next door? No. Even better. And then I started finding the notes everywhere. He left me little notes in the places he knows I'll find him. Have a nice bath on the corner of the bathtub. You look beautiful in the medicine cabinet. Wonderful little notes in the coffee machine, like have a great cup of coffee, which is so delightful and lovely. And she shares this on her Facebook and said that she's been finding all the notes that makes her so happy, and she keeps finding more. Each note I find, I'm afraid is the last, but then I find another. When he called me with a travel update, I asked him why he left him, and he told me because he doesn't want me to forget him, as if that's possible. I assume by now he's found the note I left for him inside the dinner I packed for him. Be careful, and I love you, because I don't want him to forget me either. Oh, sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> so this is a story oh. about her kid littering her apartment? That's what we're talking no, about? No, it's leaving about trash everywhere? a kid realizing as he's off to college, you know what? My parents are pretty freaking okay. And sometimes it takes that distance to realize how much your parents mean to you. And I think that's beautiful. That's very sweet. Very weird that he called his mother beautiful, by the way. Oh, my God. That's my great news. Uh. (laughs) The Kevin and Bean Show on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Let's talk about uh, sex robots and sex dolls, shall we? Yes. Yes. First of all, sex... Robots are going to save people's marriages. Did you guys know that? I was not aware of that. People are having problems in the bedroom. The sex robot will take care of that for them so they can concentrate on other things. Now, it's to reach you, to reach the individual to the point of satisfaction physically and mentally? Correct. So you don't have to run out to a bar and cheat on the person. That's what this professor is saying. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. A UBC professor is supporting an unusual solution to potential marital problems, sex robots. In her contribution to a new book, Professor Marina Adshade says bringing high-tech sex androids into the bedroom could complement a relationship as opposed to replacing a human partner. What? Says separating sex from marriage could actually take the pressure off some modern relationships. What? Today, if you want to find somebody to marry, we want somebody who is you know, going to be our best friend, is going to be a great parent to our children if we want to have them, uh, somebody we have this great sexual relationship with, that's actually a tall order. And it's, it's hard to find somebody who satisfies all of those things. <laughs> Look, sometimes people can be bad at sex. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, you know, <laughs> I mean... Oh, sorry. Go, Go ahead. ahead. Oh, I'm just saying, like, I mean... You know, if your wife's not into the Cleveland steamer, then I can kind of see, you know what I mean? I can see for that reason. Robot ain't complaining. Yeah, that's true. To me, having access to sex robots takes one of those things out of the equation, right? Which should make it not only easier to find the other things, but actually maybe find somebody who's better at the other things because you're not having to compromise on finding somebody that you have sexual compatibility with. Hmm. 
Abshade says someday more couples could choose companionship marriages that don't involve sex, but focus solely on the creation of a family. Hmm. Hmm. I think that's insane. One of the great things, I think, and we're wired differently, men and women, mm-hmm. and the men listening, we, they may not know, but the, the women listening know, it feels so good for a man oh, when no. even when our spouse oh. says, yes, I'd like to have sex with you. There, it does something to our ego, right. and it makes us feel good mm-hmm. that she is actually saying yes, even if you're married to the person. But still, there's uh-huh. something going on in our brains, and I don't know why you would go for a doll instead, because it doesn't do the thing to our brains that allows that's, us. That's my point. They, they can't say no to the dolls. I'm just saying, that's dude, right. if you want to do the Alabama Hot Pocket. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm not even familiar mean. with that one. Oh, my. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll show you. All right, let's take a step <laughs> away. Let's take a step away from robots and go to sex back to sex dolls okay because in germany uh dortmund germany uh maybe ground zero for the next sexual revolution thanks to the first brothel featuring sex dolls how much is this it's like a hundred bucks an hour 101 dollars an hour and that's basically just to hose it off right that's just for the the cleaning supplies oh dear i I can understand this because if you're if you're an insecure guy and maybe you're insecure about the size of your unit. You're mm-hmm. you're insecure about how you're going to perform, especially if you have little to no experience. How and and you're sick and tired of just taking care of yourself, and you don't want to be judged, and you just want to go, and you have some sort of really neurosis kind of uh, vibe in your head. Mm-hmm. I could totally you sound see like you, you know this. this person quite well. I'm just yeah, saying, very specific. No, I'm not talking one. about anybody that I know. <laughs> but the chase <laughs> is the fun part if you're a single guy. If you're even confident. if someone is going, no, no. Even if you're trying to maybe get a sex worker, the chase, searching and trying to find it for oh, a guy a... is part of the whole operation. <laughs> too much work, Just man. going to a rubber doll and you're still paying the money for it. Mm-hmm. I know there's a small amount of people that are into this, so mm-hmm. I'm not putting it down. But I'm saying the majority of men love the chase part of it. No, I agree, chase, I agree with course. that, but I understand You can have somebody why. hold the doll and run around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you need to chase it. It's ridiculous. Um, they do say that it's $101 an hour. They say 70% of the peop- the guys come back. Mm-hmm. And they also say, and I don't know that I buy this, it's not uncommon for the woman, the wife, the girlfriend, to wait out in the car <laughs> really? while they're inside. Do they have to? I do don't they charge that. you extra if you have to do the chili dog? <laughs> I have a couple of reviews. It's pretty good here. You have reviews. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My doll is a shameless flirt and likes to take things slow. <laughs> Here's another I'm one. So oh. slow it doesn't move. <laughs> My doll. <laughs> By the way, do you want to? Do you want to go there knowing that someone's gone there before? No, you, uh, wanna... you know if they switch oh. it out, it's all good. No. I'm sure they have detachable parts. <laughs> you know oh. what I mean? Oh. Wow. It's a quick turnaround, dude. Time I, is money. I, I feel like that. you go in and it just smells like bleach, and yeah. it's just ugh. My doll is great for watching TV or, or romp around the pad. Okay, that's just sad. Her, if, that's, if that's your company while you watch TV, that's sad. Her boobs are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and she is a tease. But I also admire her other features. Oh, like yeah. her personality. Oh, that's sweet that he yeah. admires her personality. It's very nice. Yeah, kissable lips as well. What about, uh, did it let you do the Mexican pancake? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good time. <laughs> I mean, oh, I assume sex dolls that. would be down for everything. Oh, yeah. dude, I'm in. I mean, it's a, Oh, wait. It's did a, I say that out loud? You did say that oh, out loud. Crap. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. <laughs> Gentlemen, I don't mind telling you, I've never heard a bigger crock of bull crap in my life. It's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock.
I saw the uh, press release from Sonic Drive-In that they were unveiling nationwide their new pickle juice slush. Uh, Are those words you want to hear together? No. I, it, not for me. Look, I don't uh, – Kevin, you're not a pickle fan, right? Yeah, I'd rather die. All right. How about you, Allie? I like a pickle. I do, too. <laughs> yeah. I like a pickle on like a like on a veggie burger or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't drink pickle juice or uh, you know eat pickles out of the jar or anything like that. Well, what if the it... slushy tasted exactly like a pickle? You I guys don't... like? I don't need it. You guys like a pickle, so why I not? like pickles on like a subway sandwich or something. Oh, as an addition, not just as a as a main course. No. I see. The bright green limited time drink will be joined by three new summertime flavors. The fast food chain announced. Sonic's guests are game to try adventurous and fun flavors, so we've made it our mission to deliver the best of both worlds. Blah 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 blah. So we were talking about this, and we're thinking this is not something we need to try, but maybe we could send mugs. And then we realize there's no Sonic near us, and that's when Rachel comes in, Kevin Bean listener, who said she lives near a Sonic. She'd be happy to try it out for us. Hey, Rachel. Hi, you guys. You were very kind to weigh in on Twitter yesterday about our pickle discussion. Now, before we hear about your trip across the street to the Sonic, where where were you and your boyfriend on on pickles? What was your relationship with pickles prior to this? Um, we both really love pickles. I feel fine about pickle juice. I I wouldn't drink it to quench my thirst, but right. I don't have. I don't know. I really like pickles. Okay, so you both feel that way. All right. So you went uh, last night or today, or when did you go? Um, I went last night when I got home from work. Mm -hmm. And they're selling the pickle juice slush. Yes. And you said those words. I'd like a pickle juice (laughs) slushy. I did. Out loud. Okay. Okay. Did they they say, you're the first person to ask for that? (laughs) I know. I thought, oh, I hope it's not sold out. And then I figured that probably wouldn't happen. (laughs) Probably (laughs) not. I'd actually be the first one. So just so I understand the transaction, you handed over hard-earned American money, and they pushed (laughs) to you from their side of the counter something called a pickle juice slush. And I got it 50% off because I went after 8 o'clock. Who knew that was a deal? And and what's the slush uh, go for, Rachel? Um, Well, half off it was about... Uh, two eighty nine, I think. Holy wow, crap! So this is over like five bucks. It's a five dollar ice. Slush. That's incredible. <laughs> yes. yes. Wow. <laughs> and what what did your boyfriend get? Um, he got the tiger blood slush. The tiger oh, which, blood slush. Yes, How many tigers no do they have to kill for that? Means. Yeah. What does that mean? What What is the tiger blood? Um, I don't really know, but okay. it tastes kind of like cherryish, citrusy. Okay. Like, like if you were to bite into a tiger. <laughs> so, uh, so everybody knows that. Right. So Tiger's Blood, Blue Hawaiian, Bahama Mama, and the Pickle Juice Slush. Those are the four new flavors at Sonic. All right. Are we ready for uh, Rachel's big reveal? I mean, I feel like we are. Ready for the review? So how was the Pickle Juice Slush? Um, it might have been one of the most disgusting things I've ever had <laughs> in my life. <laughs> and this you love pickles. Who loves pickles? Yeah. I was what? hoping for maybe something more like subtly pickles flavor. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was hoping for the best that it would maybe be okay, but it was it was disgusting. What a weird thought that yesterday during the day you were trying to guess what this was going to taste like. <laughs> Will it be tangy? Ah, Will it be? That's weird. I hope now, it's really a slight, a light taste. Was it super salty? 
Yes. Oh. It was very it was very sour and very salty. Oh no. Um like I felt thirsty <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. that's their plan. You order that then you're like, god damn it, I need the tiger's blood. Right. And then they sell you too. Maybe. Did you try oh, the yeah. tiger's Maybe. blood as well? Yes, that was very good. Oh. Huh. How much of the pickle slush did you drink, Rachel? Like not even an eighth. <laughs> of wow, it. that's a pretty bad attitude about the pickle slush. That's a that's <laughs> a big really waste bad. of two, big waste of two fifty. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I know that was half so, price. I tried, I tried putting some whiskey in it, hoping that maybe. Like, oh, good idea! I like the way you think. Right. I'm supporting yeah. all of this. Um, but it somehow made it even like more bitter and more salty. It's like the oh alcohol got rid of like <laughs> any sweetness out of it. You couldn't even taste any alcohol. It was just. Even worse. Wow. This is a colossal disaster, you guys. (laughs) By the way, uh, according to Food and Wine magazine, they reveal that Sonic will also let customers add a squirt of pickle syrup to any item on the menu. They're really doubling down on this pickle thing, aren't they? Do you want pickle syrup on stuff? No. Ew. Yes, (laughs) indeed, Rachel. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So I'm going to put you down as a no then on pickle slush. Yes, absolutely. Hard <laughs> Never. pass. You may like it if you like really, really, really love pickle juice, but I don't know. It was disgusting. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's your review right there. Right? Thank you, Rachel. We appreciate you listening. Thanks <laughs> yes. for working for the Kevin and Bean Show. Yes, you're welcome. It's Kevin and Bean. K-U-Rock. K-R-O-Q. I saw this next story on the news over the weekend, and I... I'm still not sure I believe it, Kevin. This guy that won the 2018 New Orleans Oyster Festival? Yeah. I saw it it right after it happened. I saw it on my local news. And when they said some of the things they said about this competitor, I thought none of this makes sense. This dude is a ringer. He paid somebody off. But then I thought, well, he did it in front of all these spectators. So it had to at least look legitimate. Let's, Let's hear the story and figure it out. At Oyster Fest, most folks can only eat about one dozen oysters all by themselves. But there are the brave few who are about to chow down on dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of oysters, all for Acme's Oyster Eating World Championship. Props on the rock music underneath, huh? Is that terrible? Does this guy have a, a speech impediment or something? What's happening? I'm not positive. This guy's Which on is TV? Yeah. Getting all the shells off that might have fallen on during transportation. Make sure they don't choke on anything. No choking here. It's all about the slurping. Uh, is that a sentence we need <laughs> ever? <laughs> Please tell me we're still talking about oysters. <laughs> yes, we are. And in this oyster slurping competition, these fierce competitors have the need for speed. Three, two, one, stop eating! And this year's champion is Darren Breeden, a rookie from Virginia. 40 dozen. You were fast. You were just chowing down. What was your technique? Slurping down, that's all. There really is no technique. Just scoops, scoops. 480 oysters, you guys. Don't they say elsewhere in the story that the winner of the New Orleans Oyster Festival had never competed in an eating competition before? Correct. And had never had oysters before? Correct. They said Don't both of those it. things. Don't believe it. Really? Don't Why? It. Because who decides the first time they ever eat an oyster is going to be in front of a huge crowd? You don't even know if you like oysters. In front of a huge crowd in an eating competition. Have you so, ever been to New Orleans? <laughs> in New Orleans right now. <laughs> because <laughs> why do you ask? Because there's a lot of alcohol in New Orleans. Well, okay. And that might change minds a bit. 
you know what? I had never shaved my head before, but right. you and I were on Bourbon Street, <laughs> right? and somehow it seemed like a good yeah, idea at the time. That's what happens. Well, the topic on the table here on the Kevin and Bean Show is what kind of record have you held? For instance, David King of Mexico. I can't get over how many times you've been in the Guinness Book of World Records for breaking the TV watching record. Well, that's zero, but in my mind and my heart, I have two records. Here's what happened. Uh, we, <laughs> we wanted to challenge the Guinness Book of World Records for watching television continuously. So Dave... We set him up in a perfect place. I think it was down at Staples Center the first time. The first time was at Staples Center. Yeah. With a big TV. And then he ended up winning the TV at the end of it. And, oh, and yeah. for some reason, our accounting wasn't up to snuff for the Guinness Book of World Records. So although Dave broke the record, he didn't actually become the record holder. I and watched it was like 100 hours, right? Yes, 100 hours of TV. And the non-stop. record was. At the time, the, we thought the record was 95. But wasn't it like 79 or something? It doesn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. So then we went back at it again and took another shot at it. Yes. And we said, Dave, this time, though, we're going to keep track and we're going to make sure that you get credit for it. And then the exact same thing happened and you got no credit. Not just the exact same thing, but seven hours into the attempt. We blew it seven we hours in? We blew it seven hours in. Not Ooh. even one day. And we mm. just said, let's just keep going. Look, that's what happens. Listen, we got it. I'm going to do it anyway. All right, so you you unofficially set that record. Yes. Okay. Muggs? I was my uh, sixth grade spelling bee champion, baby. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I, yes. yes. I beat the smartest girl in my class, you guys. You remember the word? Silhouette. Ooh, Can you know how to spell it, Kevin? That's a word to spell. S-I-L-L-O. <laughs> nope. E E T T E H Dave uh, silhouette S I L L O U H U T E Bean Bean uh, I don't even think I could spell silhouette anymore I, I should know it um, sixth grade mugs did it S I L H O E T T E you missed one letter Bean see wow what is it mugs S I L H-O-U-E-T-T-E. Yes. There you go. Yeah, hey, that was there actually close. Silhouette. Uh. <laughs> Look at you saying the word again. <laughs> so so sixth you were... grade spelling champion. <laughs> yep. And then you guys remember uh, a, a long time ago, my, my start on the Kevin and Bean show, all my attempts at these food eating world records mm-hmm. all failed miserably. But I want to let you guys know that I did put up a valiant attempt. With uh, Easter peeps, I ate fifty-five Easter peeps and proceeded to pass out on the studio floor from a sugar coma. Right, yeah. but wasn't the record like a thousand? I mean, you were never close. <laughs> no, uh, you know, but he was close on the Tabasco. Yeah, the Tabasco. There was a little technicality that uh, that we uh, oversaw, and that was to take the little uh, drip uh, dispenser. You have to leave the little drip dispenser on it, like it's like a drip regulator. Right. Well, I took it off and I chugged the entire bottle in like three seconds. Right. Pro- beat it. Proceeded to reverse <laughs> no, in the bathroom. No reversals. Yep, no, no reversals. Proceeded to reverse in the bathroom. Not a person. And then uh, my chicken nugget challenge, I think it was like 100 and, I don't know, like five minutes. Um, I ate 10. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. So let's take one phone call. Um, okay. Rocky, hi. What record did you have? I graduated with the most attention hours. The most attention hours? Come <laughs> on. Do you remember how reason? many that was? A true hero. Um, so when I graduated, I still had 56 hours. That were un- <laughs> unserved, uh, unserved, yeah. And they just wanted you to get the hell out of their school. <laughs> they did. And what? So I can, what did I you do? What did you get most of detention for? Talking too much, being late. What was it? Being late. Being I was late. just late to homeroom pretty much every day, and then 
you get an hour. And then if you didn't serve it, you got another hour. But then our school made you pay. So if you had an hour, you had to pay $5. Wow, that's a ripoff. Yeah, that's so communism or something. Paying, I don't know. Right? But congratulations on being late every day. I mean, that takes some work. You're living my life now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be for citizen the of the day. All right. Listen, please hold on. We actually have Chris on the line who we're going to get to who had a world record. By Whoa. The way, which I'm very excited about. We have Andre, who you'll love. Ryan, who's a dumbass. I can't wait to talk to him. You held, at one time or now, a record. That's what we're talking about here. It's time to brag about your achievements. We'll be right back on K Rock. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-R-O-Q. Darren uh, Breeden is his name. He is the 2018 New Orleans Oyster Festival champion. He ate 40 dozen oysters in eight minutes over the weekend to take home the crown. And he has uh, nothing to brag about compared to our listeners, Kevin. Listen right. to this. We're talking about world world records or records that you've held. Uh, from the 323 for the city of Santa Clarita, I won a pancake eating contest. I ate 20 in one sitting. That's one of our listeners. Wow. Congratulations. From the 562, at seven years old, I was the fastest player in my accordion class. <laughs> I definitely peaked dead. But still, they can never take that away from you. No matter no what else would, happens in your life. No one would want to. How about this, Kevin? This is Nick in the 949. I was the only kid in elementary school who could beat Mike Tyson in the Nintendo game, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Interesting. That's pretty impressive. That's not bad. All right. Let's take some calls. What record did you hold? I promised you Chris in L.A., line five. Chris held an actual world record, it sounds like, for reals. Hey, Chris. Hey, good morning, everybody. How are you? Very good. Thank you. What record did you hold? So I was the top global-rated player in a video game, a computer game called StarCraft, about 15 years ago, and subsequently have been the top-rated gamer in about three different titles. So I'm a, a global American video game championship. Now, that's very impressive. First of all, congratulations. Why aren't you one of these dudes making thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars playing on Twitch? Or are you? I'm too old, man. I aged out about 10 years ago, but I actually uh, run an esports company now, so I'm calling representing the esports industry this morning. Look at good, that. Good for you. That's very cool, man. There's a guy who took his passion and turned it into something. Very impressive. Thank you for the call, Chris. Appreciate that. All right, let's try uh, Let's try Ryan in Buena Park. He's the one that I said was a dummy. Let's see if you agree. Hey, Ryan. Uh, Bean, I agree. You are correct. Oh, but okay. Entertaining dummy. So Ryan agrees. An entertaining dummy, though. Go ahead. Well, yeah, uh, so I don't know how many people you know that can break bottles on their head, but I found really quickly that people think it's like an anomaly. You broke bottles on your own head? Yeah, it's really easy if you have a hard head. I mean, but doesn't it, A, hurt, and B, couldn't you be seriously injured by glass cutting through your skull? I wouldn't do it seriously. Yeah, it doesn't hurt because, like I said, I got a hard, dumb head. Uh, but, too, I, I kind of got developed a knack where you don't really uh, cut yourself. Huh. Although there was, like, a, a piece of glass stuck in my forehead for about a decade. <laughs> <laughs> Except for that. Minor downside. Um, how many how many but, bottles have you broken over your head? Oh, that's uncountable. Um, you know, there's a thing. You know, I have a backyard party, you know, 200 people, and someone catches wind. You can break bottles in your head, and then I'm like, oh, all of a sudden, here, I got to do it now. All of a sudden, you're the hero. <laughs> yeah, you know, and this I'm responsible. I get a trash can, so, like, all the glass falls in it, and I'll just throw it all over the floor. But then you get it down. He's like, that's easy. I could do that. I'm like, all right, we'll do it. Let's go one for one, man. I just broke one. You do it. Ryan, don't don't ever stop being you, my friend. (laughs) Don't ever stop being you. Thank you for the call. All right, we got to get to some of these because these are great. Let's go to Alex Line 6, please. Alex is in HB. Alex, what record did you hold? 
Well, this is a little pathetic, but it was a, a fun job with uh, great people. Uh, I was a waiter at a Hilton in New Jersey, working my way through college. Right. Think uh, weddings and bar mitzvahs all weekend long, black polyester tuxedo. Sweet. And before all the weddings, and uh, we'd have to set the tables. I held the uh, completely unofficial record for carrying the most full water glasses to the tables. So on a tray full of full water glasses, how many could you carry at one time as a waiter? I could carry nine. That's it? Oh, I thought it was going to be more very impressive. I thought you were going to say like 27. <laughs> is, nine, is that a lot? Uh, it's a lot. Uh, you know, listen, I'm not the St. Pauli girl, but that's the best I could do. Hey, Alex, that's next time. anybody could do. Next time, inflate that number when you tell the story. <laughs> Seriously, because no one could tell. All right, let's talk to Scott, Newport Beach, Line 7, up next on the Kevin Beach Show. I don't think I like this one at all. Hey, Scott. I, uh, in college, I was at a seafood party, and I ate 87 live goldfish. Ooh. Dude. That's no. <laughs> that's no? What does that mean? That's You're- just no. Zero consequences, just a record. A lot of consequences for the goldfish. <laughs> Thank you for the call. One more. This is going to be your hero, Kevin. Let's go to Newport Beach again. Say hi to Heather. She's on line three. Hey, Heather. <laughs> when my son was in third grade, he told me he wanted to hold a world record. So I said, well, what are you good at? And he said, armpit farts. So, <laughs> okay. So we went ahead and we did some research and... We found the record online, and uh, this was when he was in third grade. He's now in tenth grade, and he's still the world record holder for most armpit farts. What in thirty seconds? He still holds the record. He still holds the record. One hundred and fourteen. We got to see a video of that. I'm <laughs> right? sorry. You got. Please have him it, it send it in. It is online. I can. I can send you guys the link. It's please online. do. It's a, it's a site called Record Setter, and uh, Tiny Hayden doing his armpit farts, and now he's uh, almost 17, and he still holds the record. (laughs) All right. Well, we're looking forward to him being our governor. Thanks for the call, Mom. (laughs) That's the Kevin and Bean Show, the world-famous K-Rock. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.